BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Many people who received the email that she sent out, I'm sure she has a mailing list that's voluminous, all right? And I'm just one of many, but I'm happy to be on the list. And for some reason, she felt compelled to put together a, um, uh, a list of all the Chicago officials who have been convicted of corruption over the last, I don't know, 50 or so years. So from like 1972 to 20, well, up to to the moment, the list is up to the moment. She tabulates 460 city of Chicago officials have been convicted of corruption, including 30 aldermen. She also lists a few people who've been indicted on uh, corruption charges, not yet convicted. And as you know, Dr. D, in our systems of justice, you're innocent until proven otherwise. But anyway, she includes them on the list, including uh, Mr. Ed Burke, Alderman Ed Burke of the 14th Ward. So a lot of people have convicted uh, or indicted of corruption in the city of Chicago. And it leads me to say, if greatness is measured by badness, we are truly a great city. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. They're uh, some of the great names of the past, the glorious names of the past who've been convicted of corruption. Fast Eddie Verdoliak, Sandy Jackson, William Beavers, Jim Lasky. It's an old friend of yours, uh, Dennis. I know you know Jim Lasky. Uh, and here's the thing. No sooner... Had Marilyn Katz compiled this list and sent it out, then guess what, D? It was out of date. That is correct. We are so good at producing corruption in the city of Chicago that it has to be like an instantaneous chart, like that chart they have in Times Square, people being bored. You know that one that goes every day somebody new is born? That's how we have to do it to measure corruption in the city of Chicago. And the latest example being one of your best friends in politics, Dennis. Proco Joe Moreno, alderman of the first ward, former alderman of the first ward, and uh, the hipster alderman, we like to call him. He was appointed by Mayor Daley. He was reelected by or elected by the voters. He was beloved by Mayor Rahm. Mayor Rahm put him in charge of some committee or another. Can't remember which one. Uh, and uh, he got the na- nickname the hipster alderman because he was one of the few aldermen of the last 10 years or so uh, who loved 90s rock. Uh, in particular, he loved the band Nirvana. He's been on my show a few times. He came to the hideout. Uh, You're the one that gave him the hipster alderman nickname, right? Or others were others. I picked up on it because he was the hipster alderman. He first when he first got appointed, it's like, yeah, man, I'm like really into rock and roll. I don't think knowing Nirvana (laughs) makes you a hipster. Well, for the city council, the old geezers are like, who's that? You're right. Yeah, you talk about Bernie Stone. The guy was gaity. Who Nirvana? What? You know, no one is as good as Frank Sinatra back in the '40s. All right. Anyway, by the way, I agree with Bernie Stone. And sorry, hipsters out there, Frank Sinatra is way better than Nirvana. Just putting it out there. Just got to live with it. Anyway, Proco Joe Moreno loved uh, Nirvana. He was, as I said, he was a guest on the show one or two times. He was a guest at the hideout. McDumpkey and I had him on there. And uh, he was actually a guest uh, one of the most depressing nights in the history of the first Tuesday show at the hideout. Uh, that would have been the 2015 mayoral election. It was the first Tuesday show. We ah, we thought this would be a good idea. I know what we'll do. We'll go live at the hideout. And as the votes are being counted, we'll discuss you know the outcome and who's ahead and who's going to win 
in. We had Kenny D, Kenny Davis had on his cell phone. He was going to be tracking the numbers coming in. Uh, we had aldermen lined up. We had three different aldermen. Amaya Pawar, Pat Dow, Proko Joe Moreno were on the stage with us to discuss and analyze. And they were all, by the way, Mayor Rahm aldermen. Uh, <laughs> I was the only non-Mayor Rahm person on the dais. Make this very objective, right, D? So anyway, uh, there we were. Proko Joe Moreno was on stage with us. And when we, were, we thought this, the election would go on for an hour or so, guess what, folks? Within like 15 minutes, Ken Davis was reporting, uh, sorry to break the news to you, but Rahm Emanuel has uh, <laughs> been elected uh, mayor again. It was that quick, you know, and uh, so it was one of those things of democracy where the citizens of Chicago got to speak and I had the reaction, you dumb mother beeps. Sorry about that, citizen of Chicago. Anyway, Proko Joe was in such a hurry to get off the stage that night. Why, you asked D? Good question. Because he wanted to head over to uh, Mayor Rob's campaign party so he could be seen with the mayor. Hey, I was here the whole time. I was not hanging out with Ben and Mick at the hideout. No, no, no. Anyway, just thinking about that night makes me depressed. Six months later, D? A Cook County judge forced Mayor Rahm to release the Laquan McDonald video, and it was as though Chicagoans across the city woke up to realize that they had just reelected as their mayor a man who potentially concealed evidence of murder. How about that, Chicago voters? Heck of a job you did one more time. Anyway, Proko Joe has pled guilty uh, to insurance fraud, and the article is, uh, and all the, uh, the the case against him is laid out quite effectively by uh, Megan Crapeau in the Chicago Tribune. I urge one and all to read her article. It's a very interesting article. Uh, prosecutors have said that Proko Joe Moreno, boy, this is a, what a scheme he came up with, loaned his Audi, Audi A6, that's a car, D, uh, in early January to Individual A, an Ursula wild girlfriend he handed over his keys and watched her drive away from his house then texted her with a request not to smoke in the car all right he so he handed her the keys texted her not to smoke in the car assistant state's attorney thomas simpson said last month at a bond hearing for the alderman the next day moreno called 911 to report his car stolen saying he had last <laughs> that's just so southern <laughs> illinois man i feel like i'm downstate again that's well, well, don't smoke in the car <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's what he's most, as he's about to pull off this. Downstate as it gets, buddy. I know. Well, I think he's from Moline area, Proko I'm Joe. just saying, that story just like, sounds like something I'd hear from back home. No, I know. Oh, I got this great idea. What we're going to do is you're going to take the car, all right? Just don't stop smoking. And don't touch my dials, all right? I like got a set to the 90s hipster rock station. Nothing but Nirvana. 24 hours a day. Oh, hey, what's your favorite Nirvana song, by the way? I've been um, this. Yeah, my favorite Nirvana right. song is Coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the one that goes, coffee, I like it black. He's hip, guys. (laughs) Guys, I got to tell you, I could not identify one Nirvana song. I just, look, the only reason I know about it is Proko Joe. Remember he came to the studio and he gave me a a magazine? How many members are in Nirvana? Well, one of them died. Did you know that? Come on, dude. Uh, Obviously. Oh, little mister, I know Nirvana. Kurt Cobain. Yeah, he died. So there's now four. No. <laughs> Leah, how many members in Nirvana? Do you know? Five. Is that, I, I don't really. No. I'm not sure. Yeah, she's not sure. They were a three-man band, and now uh, without Kurt Cobain, too. There were only three guys in Nirvana? Three-man band. I did not know that. 
What other three-man bands have there been in history? Oh, my God. There's so many. (laughs) Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I believe Rush is a three-man band. Primus a three-man band. Uh, Three-dog night. Three-dog. I don't know about that. (laughs) Well, there's three dogs. The Supremes. There's three Supremes, all right? Anyway, I did not know there were only three people in Nirvana. Do you know who the drummer was for Nirvana? Yeah. Ringo Starr. Dave Grohl. Uh, Oh. (laughs) Wait, what's his name? Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. Wait, he's the Foo Fighters. Boy, it's like this podcast was broadcasted in 1994. (laughs) Folks, I have a confession to make. I pretty much stopped listening to music in 1970. It's all downhill from 1980 on. Anyway, I've heard of the Foo Fighters. That that guy has long hair. Oh, yeah, the guy (laughs) with long hair. Every rock star. Anyway, where was I? Oh, back to this sleazy scam. This is unbelievable. So he gives her the car and says, don't smoke, all right? And don't mess with my dials. And the next day, he called 911 to report his car stolen, saying he had last seen it parked in front of his home in the Wicker Park neighborhood about 9 p.m. Less than an hour later, D, he called his insurance carrier, State Farm, to report that the car had been stolen from his garage, saying he may have left the garage door open and the key in the ignition. Prosecutor said Moreno was clear that he was the last person to use the vehicle and the only one with access to a car. About a month later, on February 4th, Chicago police pulled over his erstwhile girlfriend as she drove Moreno's audio. Audi, excuse me, Audi. She was surprised to learn from officers that the car had been reported stolen. She was arrested on a charge of criminal trespass to a vehicle. Later the same day, Moreno told a TV news interviewer that he had given the car to someone with whom he was in a relationship, but that he had a hard time getting a hold of her and reported the car stolen. Wow. He, of course, was defeated uh, shortly thereafter in his election. Uh, the, the, the voters of the first ward said, oh, you know what? Even we as Chicago voters cannot vote for this guy anymore. Uh, first ward voters, you really, you really stepped up on that one. I got to give you credit for that one. You did not reelect Proco Joe uh, after that scandal. All right. Folks, I'm starting to see. By the way, I got to say this, D. He's innocent until proven otherwise. All right? That's our system of, of justice here in this country. So that's just the allegation. Be interesting to see how the trial goes. And he, uh, he said he, he pled not guilty. So it would be just to see what he uh, comes up with as an excuse or a defense uh, as the case unravels. Uh, but, folks, I'm starting to see a correlation here between Chicago voters who are so cynical and so jaded that they keep reelecting the same old mopes. And those aforementioned mopes who rob them blind. We got a great show today, everybody. Monroe Anderson will be here. It's Wednesday, so it's Midweek with Monroe. Isn't that the name of the the segment, D? Midweek with Monroe? Uh, Yeah, I believe so. Midday with Uh, Monroe. Midday? Midweek? I don't know. know. We got to talk to Monroe about that. Where are the t-shirts? We're supposed to have t-shirts. Oh, yeah. Let's get (laughs) t-shirts of a segment we don't know the name of. And then Sergio Mims, Black Harvest Film Festival, uh, will be in as well. And, uh, you know, Sergio is going to tell us what the lineup for the Black Harvest Film Festival and also talk about all the news of the day. Guy's a political junkie if I ever saw one. We're talking national news, local news, Trump news, a lot of Trump news today. Uh, A lot of good stuff coming ahead. Politics, politics, politics. But before we do any of that, the doctor has the news. Name's Dennis. Never been a doctor in my life. (laughs) All right. uh, First up, let's talk to the YouTube live stream chat. Pat Rod. It's just Pat Rod. Pat Rod's having a good time here. Uh, He says here, oh, Green Day, another three-man band. Oh, yeah, that's correct. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's correct. Yeah, Ben knows. <laughs> Their right? big hit uh, was Evergreen. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. They had a lot of songs, but anyway. Um, Can you name one Green Day song? Uh, yeah, Basket Case. 
that's, that's wake me favorite. up when September ends. Wow. Uh, Boulevard of broken dreams. American idiot. Uh, I, wow, I, man. I, you know, you're a lot when of I come day. around. Leah, you a long Green view. Day fan? Nah, not really. Okay. She's, uh, I'm way older than Leah, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Get used to it, man. They keep coming up. They don't know your music. Oh, and then, uh, then uh, Pat Rod says, uh, tell Ben to listen to Drain You. That is his favorite Nirvana song. Drain, Drain You? I'm going to write that down. Oh. Drain awesome. You by Nirvana. All right. Uh, I know a lot of 90s people love Nirvana. I shouldn't make light of it. There a lot of people of your generation, yeah. D. Yeah, Ben, heads up. You're going to hate it. <laughs> You're not going to like it at all. Does it have something like a melody in it or, uh, you know? No. Oh, you know the song? Yeah, I you know Nirvana. Okay. I have you heard the song Drain You? Yeah. Okay. Do you like it? Yeah, it's good. It's good. pretty heavy. Like. Uh, heavy? Okay. Could use a little heaviness. Who would have thought? Today's Ben Jarowski Show brought to you by Nirvana. <laughs> hey, hipster Joe, love Nirvana. All right. Oh, they're the best ever, Ben. It's the middle of the day. And one more time before Ben heads off to L.A., remember tomorrow. Oh, where's my glasses, I man? Get your oh. glasses. Remember yeah. tomorrow and Friday, no live two-hour show. But you can download two, count them two, Benny J bonus interviews. Subscribe and download them. But, Ben, before you head off, let's unpack that national news happening this afternoon. Oh, he's got his sunglasses I'm on. I'm going to do the whole show with my shades on. Oh, I'm, didn't Nirvana wear shades? Uh, more than likely. Leah, sure. didn't Nirvana wear shades? Did, they no? wear, did Nirvana wear sunglasses <laughs> is your question. Yeah, I'm sure in their life yeah. they have no, worn no, but sunglasses. Wasn't that part of their look? No. No? Okay. Not at all. All right. Well. I don't know what band you're thinking of there. <laughs> Some group. Some group. The Blues Brothers. ZZ Top or something. Oh, I like ZZ Top. But anyway, before we head out here, let's unpack the national news happening this afternoon. And oh boy, how about that Trump rally last night? <laughs> We're going to keep making America great again. And then we will indeed keep America great. And we will keep it so great. <laughs> keep it great. No, he, he really sounded starting to sound like your imitation of him at the end. Oh, we're going to keep it great. Sadly, it was the first of many Trump 2020 campaign rallies last night. This one was in Orlando, Florida. Mm. We have some highlights to play for all of you. Lucky you guys, huh? Get to hear these. Uh, first up, it was last night's opening acts, okay? Uh, we had Junior. Junior weighed in. That's right. Unfortunately, Donald Trump Jr. got on the mic. Baby baby Trump got to go there? That's they let right. him go to the rally? Absolutely. Listen to how silly this guy sounds when he gets excited. Here's Trump Jr. targeting the Democratic presidential frontrunner, former Vice President Grandpa Joe, Joe Biden. If government failed you, maybe you're the problem, Joe Biden. It's not rocket science. What was the good one last week? Remember, Joe Biden comes out, well, if you elect me president, I'm going to cure cancer. Joe? <laughs> Quite know what to say about that. Man, where's Sergio when we need him? Sergio Rivera Thompson is supposed to Sergio Mims. Talk about trash talking. So what we're not supposed to have as a goal to cure cancer? Sergio Vicente. Uh, my, my bad. Sergio Vicente. That was his stage name. I gave us something away there. Um, but, uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, we're, as a goal, as a society, curing cancer is not supposed to be, you know, on the top of the list. I guess... We're just supposed to allow cancer to continue. Is that it? Okay. He sounds a lot like an evangelical preacher or something. Oh, the Lord. <laughs> if government failed you, maybe you're the problem. If government failed you, maybe you're... That's kind of funny. Yeah. No. He, he is uh, out of control there. 
He doesn't have the mastery of the game that his father has. Huh? He's got to work on it. Up next, it's Paula White. And listen to the title for this lady. Right. Donald Trump's spiritual advisor. <laughs> oh, she, he never showed anything vaguely spiritual. Yeah. Oh, she's got a lot of advice to give him. Paula White was getting the Trump supporters, uh, getting them warmed up here with Bible verses. And in the midst of that, she happened to cast a spell on what she called the demonic television networks who go against our president. Take it away, Paula White. So I'm going to deal with some principalities now, okay? Because you said in your word in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So right now, let every demonic network that has aligned itself against the purpose, against the calling of President Trump, let it be broken, let it be torn down in the name of Jesus. Let the counsel of the wicked be spoiled right now. According to Job chapter 12, verse 17, I declare that President Trump will overcome every strategy from hell and every strategy of the enemy, every strategy, and he will fulfill his calling and his destiny. Destroy and divide their tongues, O Lord, according to Psalm chapter 55. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's, that's freaky. scary stuff. Something about it's really freaky. It's really scary, folks. All right, America, there you go. That's Tr- Donald Trump's spiritual advisor uh, talking about, what did she call The counsel of the wicked be spoiled. Uh, every strategy from hell. Anybody who dares to disagree with Donald Trump is going straight to hell, D. I came from hell, and they're going See back there, to buddy. hell. Wow, that is some scary stuff. Between that and uh, uh, Junior... <laughs> ramming and railing it's they're off to a if government failed you maybe you're the problem joe biden oh wow mm. wow yeah, that's good time <laughs> good time the trump family getting together and finally trump got on stage and barked for over an hour uh he began uh well how we all predicted this would begin by saying no corruption no collusion over and over again we went through the greatest witch hunt in political history The only collusion was committed by the Democrats, the fake news media and their operatives and the people who funded the phony dossier, crooked Hillary Clinton and the DNC. Yes, this time around, he really had to rile the crowd up. So Trump decided to play the hits and drag his opponent from the last election in the mud for a while. Hillary Clinton, uh, he continues. It was all an illegal attempt to overturn the results of the election. Spy on our campaign, which is what they did. And subvert our democracy. Remember the insurance policy just in case Hillary Clinton lost. Remember the insurance policy. They appointed 18 very angry Democrats to try to take down our incredible movement. After two years, 1.4 million pages of documents, 500 search warrants, 500 witnesses, 2,800 subpoenas, and 40 FBI agents working round the clock. What did they come up with? No collusion. (laughs) And the facts that led our great attorney general to determine no obstruction. No collusion, no obstruction. And they spent $40 million on this witch hunt. $40 million. 
Um, no collusion, no obstruction. Sounds like that gag you keep pushing. Uh, our great attorney general, that'd be William Barr, uh, who, of course, there's one evidence of collusion, folks. Just one evidence of obstruction. All you got to do is open up the Mueller report. Showing it to you right there. Keep it on, on a copy on hand. Any play, any page, you'll see evidence of uh, corruption, collusion, uh, and obstruction of justice. Uh, but that obviously is the strategy of Donald Trump: uh, play to the roaring masses and uh, continually say, "D," as we uh, you keep playing that tape, "No collusion, no obstruction," and hope somehow or other that uh, the rest of the country falls in line. You and I have been having this conversation for quite a while. Uh, Monroe Anderson will be in here in a little while to talk about it. Neil Steinberg wrote about this in today's uh, uh, Sun-Times. Interesting column by Neil Steinman. He, uh, Steinberg. Excuse me. He's a liar, bully, and fraud, but remarkably good at it about Donald Trump. And the issue is whether the re- a majority of voters in this country will fall in line for that. I remain uh, as jaded and as cynical as uh, my living here in the city of Chicago since 1981 and watching how politics plays out here in the city and uh, how we uh, said earlier, keep electing the same old mobsters. I do not believe, I do not believe that a majority of voters in this country will reelect what we just play, what you just played. So there you go. I'm going on the record, D. I do not believe a majority of uh, Americans in this country will support that. No collusion. And God bless the staff over at CNN. They were assigned the unfortunate task of watching this thing. And not only in its entirety, oh no, but also thoroughly. Good Lord, I would hate to have that job. According to CNN's fact check, President Trump's Orlando rally speech featured more than 15 false claims in over 76 minutes. But people, it's official. Donald Trump is running for re-election. Better than ever before. We're going to keep it better than ever before. And that is why tonight I stand before you to officially launch my campaign for a second term as President of the United States. Are you excited, Ben? Well, I'm going to tell you this. All the people who come in here, they all say, you can't just run against Donald Trump. You have to stand for something. I agree. The Democrats have to stand up for something. But folks, let's be clear. After hearing that, you know what the number one item on the agenda for the next election is. Donald Trump. After you hear that minister and you hear that insane son and you hear Donald Trump just rattle off some lies and uh, distort absolutely everything that has gone down for the last three years and you vote to reelect him. Well, this country's in a lot worse shape than I ever thought. But it's clear that Donald Trump is at the top of the list. You could talk about all you want about your various uh, proposals and plans, etc. But he is the person that draws the most interest, draws the most attention, and either uh, fills people with such passion that they rise to their feet and cheer the lady who's talking about who, uh, what is it, demons subverting our democracy. Nice lady. Yeah, nice lady. <laughs> Love to hang out with her. So it's hard to um, get around the fact that, uh, that he is the driving force in this next election. It's going to be a referendum on how much you like him and how much you uh, detest him. And this news came in today. Uh, We're going to have to ask Monroe Anderson about this one. According to the Republican National Committee, eat your heart out, Joe Biden. Donald Trump, after this rally in Orlando, has raised nearly $25 million for his re-election campaign in less than 24 hours. 
that just shows you uh, that there's a lot of money behind Donald Trump that has nothing to do with him calling about, you know, making America great, etc. It's all about that tax break that he passed. Uh, he, he got Congress to pass. But was it 2017? I'm losing track of time, D, about over a year ago. So there's a lot of money at stake and a lot of powerful interest rallying behind Donald Trump because he's looking out for them. So it's a big battle ahead of us. Big battle. In other news involving Donald Trump nationally, the Donald Trump administration took another big step today. And surprise, it's not a big step forward. In fact, it seems like the opposite. President Trump and the Environmental Protection Agency have decided to replace an Obama-era climate change rule, the Clean Power Plan. Replace it with what you're asking? Well, with coal, of course. Trump's rule lays out ways uh, ways states could direct coal plants to increase their efficiency with hardware fixes or operational changes. With the regulation that academic and health experts warned could help some of the oldest, dirtiest coal plants to keep running. Yeah, absolutely. What Donald Trump is doing with the environment is similar to what uh, he is doing with abortion law and reproductive rights. He's taking an extreme stand. The Republican Party is supporting him on this in the hopes that uh, there's a challenge and uh, that there'll be a challenge in this case by environmentalists who uh, the, the case will ultimately come to the Supreme Court and the issue will be how much jurisdiction does the federal government have in regards to uh regulating the environment how much say can the the federal government have let's say on whether oh i don't know wisconsin under scott walker gives uh, a plant uh, a license to pollute the skies or whether the state of alabama uh, has a light gives a license to a, a, st- a company to pollute the waterways the issue is whether there should be federal oversight or each state should have its own jurisdiction donald trump is trumping <laughs> There you go. Uh, states' rights effectively and saying the federal government does not have a role to play in uh, regulating the environment. And he is just begging environmentalists uh, to file suit, which they will. And it'll come down to the Supreme Court ultimately. Uh, and that, of course, is the Supreme Court that Donald Trump just appointed two uh, nom- uh, judges to. So, uh, you know, that's the nature of the game. We, we people warned the voters of, of, of this country that that. Uh, the most important thing a, a, a president can do or most lo- longest lasting legacy would be nominating judges. And uh, we're seeing that the consequences of that 2016 election right there with environmental law. Now, of course, we will keep you posted on these stories as today's program rolls along. But we're moving on and coming up after the short little break, people, we're going to find out what else is news. Don't go anywhere. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food, arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Yes, indeed, we are live. We are at the Chicago Sun-Times, and it's the time of day where a doctor takes a deep dive in the local news. Once again, not a doctor. We're about to find out what's going on locally. It's time for What Else is News. It was Tuesday's top story in Chicago. Well, at least on this show it was. Signs of a slow news day, maybe, on Tuesday. After her visit to the Big Apple, New York City, which, by the way, is now Lori Lightfoot's third trip outside of Chicago since becoming mayor on May 20th. First, D.C., then California, now New York. And after 
after the one and only Fran the Woman Spielman of the Chicago Sun-Times ripped Mayor Lightfoot for all of her traveling outside of the city, we here on the Ben Jarofsky Show asked, is Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, traveling too much? Is she not spending enough time in the city that elected her mayor? We will answer that question in moments. But first, a question that I'm sure all of those living in Chicago have been asking themselves the last few days. Hey, what's with all the scooters? <laughs> yeah, man. Holy cow. What is going on? Uh, little scooter city. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and one Mitch Dudek or Dudek. Not sure. Haven't met him. Haven't seen him around the building. Maybe I have. I don't know. Haven't talked to him. Hundreds of e-scooters were placed around the city just a few days ago on Saturday. The first day of a pilot program that runs through October 15th. Ben, you've seen the scooters all around the city, right? Yeah, I saw them all, the, all over the place yesterday. Are we going to see you on one of these uh, scooting to work? Uh, never. <laughs> oh, never, huh? You'll probably be seeing me on a scooter around the time you see me listening to a record by Nirvana. Oh, once again, what's that song you're going to listen to? Uh, Grunge City. No. Uh, Drain You. Drain You, yeah. You're going to hate Nirvana, by the way. I, I feel like so I know a song by Nirvana. I feel as though I like Teen it. Spirit. Which one? It smells Like Teen Spirit. Sing it. I'm not singing it. Leah, that's, sing it. You can sing. No. Oh, hey. Yeah. Embarrass yourself uh, in front of the public, would you please? <laughs> she's, a, she's a musician. You didn't know that, man. So, anyway. No, I'll, all right. You know what? I'll listen to Drain You and then get back to you. <laughs> all right, good. So, no, all these scooters are around the city here. And uh, thanks to a cool little Twitter site here, uh, we now uh, can keep track of all the scooters because the whole system of the scooter thing, well, they got step one and two of uh, this scooter program down. Step one, get on the scooter. <laughs> step two, ride the scooter. <laughs> Step three, they're still working on. Where the hell do you put this thing? There's just scooters parked all around. No specific place for these scooters. And thanks to this uh, Twitter page, we can now keep track of where people are putting these scooters. All right? Believe it or not, not the best places yeah. that these people are putting scooters here. Uh, this uh, Go find it on Twitter. It's called Scooter uh, Chicago Scooter Rails. It was inspired by at CTA Fails, a Twitter account that documents the shenanigans and frustrations that riders experience yeah. on the cities trains and buses so now we got a new one here chicago scooter rails i thought it was fails but it's chicago scooter rails go check it out on twitter here i'm looking at it right now man you are just these <laughs> classic pictures here. i saw a scooter in a garbage bin that was nice decided to park it there uh we had a one in a tree yeah someone just threw a scooter <laughs> in a tree that's awesome uh, i saw yeah. one in a dumpster just <laughs> Ben Jarofsky, your thoughts on well, Scootergate? Right. I have so many thoughts. This is such a classic. Well, I think this is left over from Mayor Rahm's days. This is such a classic uh, Chicago scheme. On the one hand, it's well, you know, it's it's um, it's nice to get people an alternative to driving, right? I'm I'm looking on the positive side, D. So less in, uh, destruction of the environment, less pollution, right? Oh, you're way better at looking at the the worst bright side of things. <laughs> I try, people. A lot of journalists come in here and go, Ben, you're too hard on Mayor Rahm. Be nice, okay? So I'm trying to think of good things to say. So it's you know it's good for the environment, etc. The other thing, it's his attempt to show people of the younger persuasion that he's looking out for them because he's figuring, obviously, that it would be a youngster. Although I saw this guy yesterday. I was, of course, riding my bike. You know, I've been riding a bike, by the way, since the 60s. He's old school. Guys. I'm old school. I ride a bike. Yeah, we could take school out of that sentence. He's old, guys. <laughs> he's old. 
couldn't even go to school. And uh, so I saw this guy. D, I looked to be about 50. So he was not a youngster. He was on a scooter. I'm like, dude. You're too old to be riding that thing. Yeah. It was like a wobbly thing. So here's my problem. People are like, they haven't mastered the art of riding the scooter. So it's sort of like, uh-oh, here comes a guy in a scooter. I have to really be worried about him because I don't know if he controls the thing. Is he going to come and hit me? By the way, they're on the sidewalks. You know, bicyclists get On the ticketed. sidewalks, the middle of the road. <laughs> Do you need a license to drive one of these scooters? No, I don't know. Listen, you know what? There's a lot of problems in the world. There's a lot of problems in the city of Chicago. I don't want to be making this into scooter gate. But, uh, you know, it's just one of these things. I'm hoping that this is just a, a fad that dies. You get what I'm saying, D? And that it just becomes an unpopular thing. I remember, like, uh, uh, the, the skateboards, man. There would be kids on the skateboards. And then I saw some, like, old guy on a skateboard wobbly going down. Like, what, dude, what are you doing on the skateboard? So I think it'll take a few weeks, but... Catch Ben Jarofsky on a scooter. No, he's not going to. Maybe Monroe Anderson will get on one of those scooters. He looks like a scooter guy. Yeah, he's a scooter guy, man. Huge Nirvana fan, by the way. Oh, oh, yeah, I can tell. (laughs) I know he likes Nirvana. All right, Ben Jarofsky, now that you've had a whole 24 hours to think about this, we're going to throw it on you here, ask you the question, has Mayor Lori Lightfoot been spending too much time outside of Chicago, or is this just a nonsense story? No, I think there's some uh, there's an issue here. We're going to talk about this with Monroe Anderson and uh, probably get Sergio Mims' thoughts on this as well. I think there's an issue here. I, at first, I was making fun of the story, but then Jerry Brown, uh, who was on the show yesterday, made a, a compelling point that Lori Lightfoot had been chiding uh, one of her police chieftains for going on a, a family vacation. Uh, and so, you know, that all hands need to be on deck uh, for uh, the summer months when it comes to dealing with the issues of crime in the city and the, and the murder rate in Chicago and the people shoot each other. And so so if you're going to chide your that one of your top cops for going out of town, then you should probably set the example. Uh, so that was Jerry Brown's position he laid out. It made sense to me. So there is there's some uh, point to it. That the, the other line thing is, though, Chicagoans, to me, it just shows like a little funny view of Chicago. Uh, and, I, and I think I mentioned this yesterday. Chicagoans are split on this thing. On one hand, they take pride in the fact that their mayor is on uh, Steve Colbert's TV show. Their mayor, like they're somehow through Lori Lightfoot, are also on the show. You know what I'm saying? And then they turn right around and go, how dare she go on the Steve Colbert show and leave me alone and not stay? They also shows like a bad attitude they have towards Chicago. Think about it, D. It's like you're sentenced to the city of Chicago. You have to be in the city of Chicago. Who is she to think that she could leave this hell hole? So it's kind of like a sort of like I hate to say it, Chicago, but it kind of shows you have like a negative attitude about yourself and your city. Hey, let, let me point this out to you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. From Gary, Indiana, right, I want to say. Exactly. There are three million people in Chicago. So. Well, it's less than three million now, but whatever. Right, or close, or Two point seven, enough, I think. Yeah, close right, enough. Right. I'll round it up. All right, <laughs> big time rounding up. So, so yeah. you can have two different thoughts at one time from two different people. Yeah, that is correct, and I just exp- I just did it. You know, <laughs> exactly. one hand this, and the other hand that. You know, we got to get Monroe to talk a little bit about uh, great junket travels by mayors past. Right. No, uh, but okay, we'll save it for Sergio. Save it, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, um, the the mayor's job and the police chief's job are not one and the same. Uh-huh. So the mayor can be gone. The police chief definitely needs to be here to command the troops. Yeah. 
Just All right. Like a okay. That's be the difference between a president and a, a and, and a general. All right. Fair enough. But you can't that. Okay. I'll buy that as spin, but you can't, you know, it's a little hard. It's, there's an inconsistency there. I can see why people might be uh, irritated, particularly people, uh, you know, who have no choice but to stay in the city of Chicago during the summer. Well, Mayor Lightfoot is now back in Chicago. And if you were to ask her if she's been traveling too much since uh, she's been mayor, she'd say no. And essentially, yeah, get lost. Who cares? <laughs> the following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Lynn Sweet. Mayor Lori Lightfoot met Mayor Bill de Blasio of New York at Gracie Mansion, huddled with a top deputy at NYPD headquarters, did political fundraising, and defended her travel. Telling Lynn Sweet on Tuesday, quote, from time to time, I'm going to leave town. <laughs> and if that's a problem for you, Lori said, quote, so be it. Yeah. And then the other quote, you can kiss my beep. Oh, hey, she whoa, did not she say, that. say that. No, she did not say that. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah. No, I listen. This is one of those stories that popped up. It was in both papers. It wasn't just the Sun-Times. Remember, I said the, the Tribune weighed in on it, too, you know. And again, uh, part of the problem is that Rahm Emanuel uh, was so disliked by people in the city of Chicago, Monroe. I think you voted for him twice, didn't you? Uh, I think not. <laughs> oh, you're one for two? You voted, you voted for somebody else the second time around? Right. Okay, good I voted for, for somebody every time. Oh, around. so you, you were a hope for two? Yes, exactly. Good for you, man. <laughs> Got more sense than most of the people in the city of Chicago. But he set such a bad example because he was always, you know, gallivanting here and there and making a big deal about it but here's the deal okay all right and we're probably going to hear it the part that that i find irritating is when a mayor acts as though he or she uh when they're flying around the country is really doing the people's business you know what i mean that's like really insulting the intelligence of chicagoans and it's easy to assume that they're not that intelligent because they <laughs> keep a look at the people they elect yeah. but i'm just saying it's a real insult like no, i had they, to go to new york right no they are doing the people's business uh-huh. Okay, well, we could we could save this for Sergio because you want to be in the conversation, so we could argue. Okay, uh, or I could explain it, some of it to you now. It's your choice. All right, so explain a little bit now, and we'll ask Sergio to weigh in with his opinion on this. Go ahead. Okay, for example, when I covered Harold Washington, uh huh, one trip I made was to New York. Okay, with him. Yes, you were a reporter. I was a reporter. Okay, got it. Uh huh. And we went there to he he went there. Um, to work on Chicago's ratings. Uh, when and you say ratings, financial. you're talking about financial ratings. Yes, and exactly. so how much, what, exactly. what interest rates we're going to borrow the money at. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, that was, that so he was, had to meet with exactly. the various heads, exactly, right. Wall he Street. To, he had to work Raiders. Wall okay. Street, right. All right. Okay. So that was not a, a junket. Okay. Okay. All right. Another time I went with him was to Memphis, Tennessee. All right. And... Um, I'm not quite sure why. Well, yeah, I was oh, going to say, no, are I there any Raiders in R-A-T-E-R-S? It wasn't stated as such, uh-huh. but as a congressman, okay. Harold was the emissary yeah. to all the black lawmakers. All right. And so um, he was newly elected mayor, and he probably had a, a commitment to go there for that that he didn't want to back out of. But but it didn't have much to do with city business. I would say, I based on what you said, didn't have much, didn't have anything to do with <laughs> no, city no, business. No, but the other thing is, though, we are not an island. I mean, we have all these sister cities, for uh-huh. example, yeah. in, in Chicago. Okay. I mean, they, they have expanded over the years. Yeah. 
uh, but you ha- you have relationships with them. You get the re- the reason we have such um, lo- lovely flowers okay. down Michigan Avenue. Yeah, it is because Mayor Daly went to Paris and saw lovely flowers. <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, I talked about that yesterday. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, I listen. I, I do not begrudge a mayor's desire to get out of town every now and then, take a vacation every now and then. It's a very stressful, strenuous job. Even never, Mayor Rahm would always go on those family trips. I said, go, have fun on your family vacation. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's just, I have, I have a hard time falling in line with this, the notion, the spin, that somehow or other, these trips uh, are all about officials. And Rahm used to send out the press release. This is part of, the, like I'm saying, Lloyd Lightfoot is paying for what Rahm would do with, with these press releases saying, Rahm will be meeting on official vi- business, da-da-da-da-da, here, there, like in Washington, you know, like he's this globe-trotting, important VIP, you know, and uh, I just, I don't know. It seems to me it's a lot of spin, Monroe. Yeah, well, um, then, of course, you might have a trouble, trouble with um, your president going to Mariago every week. Yes, I have so. big time trouble. There we go. That's a perfect transition. Well, before we transition into the national news, we do have a breaking story happening locally. Yeah, I guess uh, Lightfoot, you're off the hook on this traveling too much story, all right? Because now we officially have bigger things to talk about. This comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and the one and only Fran the Woe Man Spielman, along with Tim Novak. It says here, FBI agents executed a search warrant today uh, on the far south side ward office of Alderman Kerry Austin of the 34th oh Ward. The search marks the last step in ongoing widespread federal investigation of Chicago aldermen. So far, Alderman Ed Burke has been indicted on political corruption charges, as we know. And former Alderman Danny Solis has cooperated with the investigation by wearing a wire. Uh, at the time the search warrant was executed, Kerry Austin was hit with Mayor Lori Lightfoot at Percy Julian High School. Uh, to announce a new 1.4 million summer uh, mentoring program for at-risk youth. Uh, it looks like here the story's developing. Uh, as All right, that story's along. developing. It's funny because I opened up this uh, today's segment, Monroe, by talking about how hard it is to keep track of all the corruption trials, indictments uh, of Chicago officials. And the thing that set me off was this article in uh, the Tribune about Proco Joe Moreno, the former alderman of the First Ward, and this this crazy sleazy insurance scam uh, that he has allegedly, uh, I don't know if you follow this one, invented to try to make money by pretending his car yeah, well, was stolen. It's an allegation. He, remember Operation Silver Shovel? Yes, very well. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, do you remember the scandal? Okay, this is a test. You may be too young. For this. Okay. <laughs> oh, too young. God bless you. And I have I'm too young. <laughs> okay. Yes. Remember the, the scam? I can't even remember. It was a long time ago. But it's in, so old, you can't remember it. No, 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 no. Where the Chicago police had this whole burglary operation. Oh, that's Summerdale. Yeah, that was from exactly. 1961. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. I was, uh, yeah, I didn't even live here then, but right, I know all right. about yeah, Summerdale. You know, that's yeah. how infamous it was. Yeah, yeah, when no. You got the police burglarizing your house. No, that was the police Summerdale scandal, and uh, they brought in a new police chief who vowed, uh, that he would eradicate corruption in the city of Chicago. As we can see, you can't even keep up. Like I said, it should be like, well, it's just like Berg, uh, McDonald's. So, you know, how every day they, they're supposed to like once a year update their sign, how many sold or served. And yeah. uh, that's how we that's how we should update our uh, leaders who've been indicted. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this uh, Kerry Austin, the latest, huh? Yeah, so. We'll keep you posted on that as today's program rolls along as well. But just like that, you are now in the know of what's going on in Chicago and Illinois. And now you will have an answer the next time someone asks you. 
Hey, what else is news? All right. oh, 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 along those lines, Ben, one quick thing. When Silver Shovel was happening, mm-hmm. I happened to have Jesse Jackson on my TV show, Common Ground. Uh, and he was complaining about them targeting black aldermen, to which I responded, well, that's easy. All they have to do is not take the money. Mm. And that still holds. Yeah. Well, what do you think about that, though? I mean, that was a, uh, that was an allegation that was prevalent in the 90s or in the 80s, uh, that the feds were going after black aldermen and, and looking the other way with white aldermen. That was an allegation I heard all the time. Yeah. And you're, you're right. Ultimately, uh, the aldermen have to say no right. and just be above it and not take money to uh, dump in, uh, look the other way while the sleazy... Uh, uh, what was this sleazy mole for the FBI is dumping on the West Side lot? But what's your thought about that? Do you think there was some kind of a double standard the way the feds treated black aldermen versus white aldermen? Of course, you know. But as as someone who grew up black and had a black mother uh, and father, what they told me was that I had to be twice as good as the white man, and part of that being twice as good as the white man is being half as crooked. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you're half as crooked, you're still crooked. Well, it depends on who you're modeling after. Yeah. Uh, but your basic point is a good one. Don't take the money in the first place uh, and don't fall for it. And don't, uh, don't, I don't know, this, this, you should read this article, by the way. It's uh, very entertaining. It's not official corruption that Proco Joe Moreno has been charged with. It's his own div- uh, little scheme or scam that he allegedly cooked up about pretending his car was stolen and then reporting it stolen to the insurance yeah. company so yeah. he could uh, get a claim and then the person that he had allowed the car to drive was pulled over by the police a very uh it was a very clumsy scam if it was uh well, I, I don't know if i've said this on this show or not before but warner saunders and i were talking about this one time the great warner saunders from channel five right, exactly and warner said with great disgust that these guys are uh, the black guy aldermen are taking motel money <laughs> for for their corruption He's, uh, that was uh, motel money? Yeah, right. Just enough to get a motel to take their girlfriends to. Uh, Warner <laughs> Sanders. I, I presume he said that to you in confidence. Did not say that on the air. It was not on the I air. I see. Okay. Warner and I were neighbors or friends. Yeah. Uh, the views, one more time, expressed by Monroe Anderson. Uh, only those of Monroe Anderson. All right, Monroe, let's get down to uh, the Trump news. Uh, Actually, before away. we do that, we got to take a quick break. we got to pay some bills, man. Oh, we'll man, be right back bills. on the Ben Jarofsky Show. Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement, whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. Chicagoland Cremation Options.com. One more time. Chicagoland Cremation Options.com. Today's Ben Jarofsky show was brought to you in part by Chicago Architecture Center. Discover the breadth and majesty of Chicago's architecture on a Chicago Architecture Center bus tour. From bungalows to Bauhaus, our expert docents will share the fascinating stories behind our city's architecture. Book your tour at architecture.org slash tours. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm actually on a bus tour right now. Oh, my. Look at that wonderful piece of architecture. 
It's Chicagoland's Adult Entertainment Playground. It's the world-famous Admiral Theater, 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. The Admiral is homegrown from Chicago, and it's the most conveniently located club in all of the city. 15 minutes from the O'Hare Airport in downtown Chicago Loop. Voted Chicago's best strip club, the Admiral has showgirls galore and a variety of adult entertainment shows. The world-famous Admiral Theater, open every day from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. For events, showtime, and other information, visit AdmiralX.com. Must be 18 years of age or older to enter. Commercial break over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Monroe Anderson is with me in the studio. Former journalist for the Sun-Times. Tribune. Former press spokesperson for Mary Jean Sawyer. Pride and Joy of Gary, Indiana. And uh, a regular on this show, every Wednesday on this show. Uh, and his uh, specialty, as our listeners know, is Trump, 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 and Trump. Monroe has been consistently predicting since the moment I first came on uh, with my own radio show that Donald John Trump would not be uh, reelected as president at various points during our uh, conversations. Monroe, you predicted that Donald Trump would be either impeached. Uh, that he'll step down. Yeah, right. That he'll be out of the way. Out of the way. From your first show. From the very <laughs> From first, first show. show. <laughs> uh, and uh, so uh, yesterday, as though almost he was trash-talking you, Donald Trump uh, put together a massive rally in Orlando, Florida, where he announced he was running for re-election. Among the people on the stage were, were his son, uh, baby Trump got to speak. Uh, his uh, what is her, her his pastor, his spiritual, spiritual advisor, advisor. Thank you, spiritual advisor, uh, who uh, gave a real uh, fire and brimstone speech. And then of course Donald weighed in as well. So why don't we play? Uh, we played it already. Play it a little more. Get so we get uh, Monroe's uh, thoughts on. You got the uh, minister. Let's get that minister. Let's hear the minister. Trump's spiritual advisor. Spiritual this advisor, lady better right? make a lot of money. That's all I'm saying. So I'm going to deal with some principalities now, okay? Because you said in your word in Ephesians chapter six verse twelve that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. So right now, let every demonic network that has aligned itself against the purpose, against the calling of President Trump, let it be broken. Let it be torn down in the name of Jesus. Let the counsel of the wicked be spoiled right now. According to Job chapter 12, verse 17, I declare that President Trump will overcome every strategy from hell and every strategy of the enemy, every strategy, and he will fulfill his calling and his destiny. Destroy and divide their tongues, O Lord, according to Psalm chapter 55. All right, there we go. That's his spiritual advisor. Is that Paula White? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I met Paula White uh, 12, 13 years ago when I was editor of Savoy Magazine. Hermine Hartman, who was a publisher, uh -huh. had her into the offices over on the... Um, West Loop in the West Loop. Mm -hmm. Not far from where we are right. now. And Paula had flown in on her private jet that her people, her worshipers, had paid for. Okay. She had um, tiny, got the black actor that's big. Um, he T was Tiny Lister Jr.? Yeah. Tiny she Lister tiny Jr. Lister was a part Jr. of her. Uh, yes, she had him with her. And 
she had, I mean, she had, she was dripping in pearls and jewel, uh, gold or what have you. And I thought, God is good. <laughs> it's not that good to you, Monroe. <laughs> well, see, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not a worshiper. That's the problem. So. And so did you interview her? Uh, no, it was, it was some deal that Hermine was trying to cook up and she was going to be part of it. I wanted, I wanted none of it. I was okay. just there. You, you just <laughs> saw it happen. Yeah, because I was an executive, so it was, it was one of those must be there. I didn't know that Tiny there. Lister was part of her entourage. Yeah, well, he was then. I don't know about now. He yeah. may not even be alive now. Maybe he died. I'm not sure. No, he's still alive. Is he? Uh, yeah. he? He was the guy in um, Jackie Brown, right? He played the bodyguard to the... Uh, Debo in Friday. Yeah, and he was... He was Yes. In the posse. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, the West. Wow. So Paula White. Uh, so when you hear her talk that way. I, th I think she's birds of a feather. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Con man? Con. Con, con, con. And, and, and uh, when you hear her speak, just think about what she said. The, the, the uh, not wrestling against flesh and blood. You know, that she's citing the Bible as if to say people who criticize Trump, you and me, yeah. you, really, you, right, exactly. it's really Monroe, Paul exactly. White, really Monroe, exactly. uh, are agents of the devil, is what she's saying. You're an agent of the devil. I'm an agent of the devil. Dennis is a real agent of the devil. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Cut to the chase. She's a con. And so anybody who doesn't go with the con is against the con. Anybody who's against the con is not right with God. And that's, that's part of the con. Right, exactly. All right, so how, what do you think America's reaction will be when when they hear, when voters hear that, when they hear her, her rhetoric, what she just got finished saying? Well, if you're a Trump nut, <laughs> okay. then you love it because yeah. that's what you believe too. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are some Trump nuts that believe that God put Trump in that position to do whatever he's doing, which is questionable. But, but I mean, they, these people, the ones that, the true believers are true believers. They believe in Trump. They believe that if, if, if he told them water is not wet, they'd be running around telling people <laughs> water is not wet. And that's how much they believe it. Yeah. <laughs> and then she would be giving some kind of spiritual uh, underpinning to that. Right. She would, she would say, and I'm going to baptize you in this dry water. <laughs> Which is not wet. Okay. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, well, all right. So the Trump true believers uh, appreciate it. Yes. What about the rest of the American electorate? The rest of the American like, electorate wants him out of there quick, fast, <laughs> and in a hurry. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, there, I think his job disapproval right now is at 54. His disapproval his at 50, disapproval. Which is astoundingly, in my opinion, low. When I hear that, it should be, I'm like, I'm worried that it's not 84, but whatever, I see your point. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. You know, I, in, in my regular fights with right-wingers on Facebook, Yeah. Uh, some have complained to me about the 90% of the press coverage uh, with Trump is negative. And my reply is, why is it so low? It should be 95. <laughs> <laughs> They're not doing their job. Right, exactly, because 95 of the stuff he does is wrong. Well, okay, but uh, let, me, let me rephrase my question to you, Monroe. It, okay. just, it seems as though uh, if Donald Trump wants to reach beyond that base— he, and, and he cannot get elected with just the base. 
unless he steals the election, which is well, always well, a possibility. Well, Putin's yeah. working on it. Yeah, Putin's working on it. All <laughs> but right. also, no, no, if we get a third a third candidate in there, he can win with his 40 You don't believe a, there's going to be a third candidate actually run, do you? I mean, a you, significant you, you third party? You don't know. You never know I mean, until as things break out. Right now, it does not look like it. I'm talking about a... a, a I'm not talking about an extreme uh, Green Party candidate right. or a libertarian. I'm talking about uh, one of these. Uh, no, the extreme, those extreme parties, Hillary would have won if you hadn't had um, God, Jill Stein. Yeah, Jill Stein in there. I'm not sure that's true. Yeah. And I, in fact, I vigorously argue this point whenever anybody says it. Yeah. I probably have had this argument with you. Yeah. And, that, and I base this argument on the fact, I'm going to bring uh, a Jill Stein voter in with you someday. Yeah, you it's, never, not, it's not the vote, it's the numbers. I, I, again, but they wouldn't have voted. Let, let me just say this. Okay. True blue, green party voters dislike the Democrats as much as they dislike the Republicans. They're not lesser of two evil voters. They will never vote Democrat. And for Democrats, this goes back to arguments I've had with people going back to 2000. Okay, and all right. They're not yeah. going to okay. vote for the Democrat. You should forget. I know. I okay. live in a world okay. filled okay. with people like this. Okay. They're not, right. I've been okay. arguing with people like this for 20 years. They're not voting Democrat. And they'll. I had people telling me uh, in the aftermath of the 2016 election that it was better for civilization that Donald Trump got elected because it would lay bare, you know, all the facts and reality about capitalism in America. Yeah. People okay, who view that right. world that way are not going to vote for Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, the Democrats failed to win because they didn't get people who normally vote Democrat to vote. Right. Well, that was that was Putin's work to, to some extent. I mean, no, he, the Russians ran, ran these fake Facebook ads mm -hmm. um, point, making Hillary into this horrible racist because of the, of, uh, of of Bill's shadiness, yeah, and w the one statement she she did about um, the, the um, predators, predators, yeah, predators. predators. Mm -hmm. they turned that into a whole Hillary and Bill are racist. No vote for Hillary, and so many blacks who weren't going to vote for Trump, mm -hmm. didn't vote at all. They just stayed home. Yeah. Plus, the Republicans helped it with their um, voter suppression here and there. Well, it, 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 so going back to all right, the point, when I hear uh, Paula White and her rhetoric, okay. what I was, the point I was going to make is that traditionally a president will try to bring in independent voters, you know, try to expand the yeah. base, try to move toward the center a little bit to uh, entice people. Yeah. That's and, not his strategy. Wow. His is a base. He, he wants a base election. He thinks because his base is so loyal, so into him mm -hmm. that they're going to show up. They're, they're, they're going to walk through over fire no. to him. And that's and so the, and he wants to keep them there and keep them fired up so they will do just that. And he thinks that if he can do that and with whoever the Democratic candidate is, if he can push his numbers down, his or her numbers, favorability numbers down, then he can win because that's how he beat Hillary. Well, and uh, the other news item that uh, Dennis read uh, for part of the national news is that Donald Trump, how much was it, D, $25 million he had raised? Some, some 24 hours. 24 hours. Yeah, $25 million. $25 million. Now, that money, have you seen a breakdown of it uh, as to how much of his small donations and how much is? No, we don't even know how much he spent to get that money. 
you know, because it's, you can, in some instances, have to spend money to get money. Mm-hmm. And we don't know that yet. So what I'm trying to say is, uh, it, it, when I first heard that, I go, wow, that, that is uh, are well, some well-to-do people who are the beneficiaries of his um, tax break his tax law that passed in 2017, they gave a huge break to millionaires, gazillionaires, yeah, et cetera. Exactly. And uh, that does not reflect just like, like small contributions well, by it, ordinary it could, people. It could, it we, we, could, uh, because he has that mix. You know, for example, I think the um, red caps, the Keep America Great caps that everybody's, oh no, sorry, that's the new slogan. Yeah. The Make America Make great. America, yeah. yeah. Great caps that they wear. They pay fifty bucks for those. Fifty dollars. Five zero. And you know they're five dollar caps made in China. <laughs> if they're five dollars. Exactly. So you know, and, and as you saw, there was a sea of red yeah. caps at, at the rally yesterday. Yeah, at the at the rally. Yeah. I uh, I have a hard time believing that uh, somebody could, uh, an independent-minded voter, could hear Paula White's rhetoric. And not be turned off, but that may be my bias. Oh no, the the in, well depends on how religious you are. You know, if you could be independent and religious too, believe it or not. <laughs> and for for those people, um, it may have some appeal. Hmm. Well, I always thought we were supposed to uh, separate church, uh, uh, church from state, and uh, but apparently that uh, that's in the Constitution. Who pays? Oh yeah, who pays? Yeah, that? definitely not Donald Trump. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, so uh, let's hear uh, from Donald himself, D. Let's. Uh, oh no, Baby Trump made his debut. What are your thoughts on Baby Junior. Trump? Junior, Junior, dumber than his dad. <laughs> if government failed you, maybe you're the problem, Joe Biden. It's not rocket science. What was the good one last week? Remember, Joe Biden comes out. Well, if you elect me president, I'm gonna cure cancer. Wow. Why the hell didn't you? 50 years, Joe. There you go, baby Trump. Yeah. You think that's going to uh, win over some voters? No. <laughs> no. It's, it, all of that yesterday was aimed at the true believers, the Trump, this, this Trump's troops. And, and he, was, he was intent on firing them up. So he gave them all the oldies but goodies. You know, he, 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 they talked about Hillary more than they did Biden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they were even chanting, lock her up, at a point where, if we're lucky, we'll be locking him up. Locking Trump up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and Junior, too. <laughs> That's a bonus point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were t- he was talking about the uh, immigration. Yeah. All the stuff that got him elected yeah, because he has place. no plans for the future. He's failed on the wall. He's um, he he the tax the tax break that he told them they get went to the rich, not to them. And the tariffs aren't helping any. I mean, he 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 his incompetency shows day in and day out. Well, uh, and uh, we have time. Let's play uh, Donald Trump himself. Here's the great Donald Trump. I got three clips here. Anyone? Uh, Just anyone. All right. We went through the greatest witch hunt in political history. The only collusion was committed by the Democrats. 
the fake news media and their operatives and the people who funded the phony dossier, crooked Hillary Clinton and the DNC. Yep. Crooked Hillary Clinton and the DNC. Yes, exactly. And the and the and and there was no collusion. Although yeah. Mueller himself said that with the collusion, he said, which is not a he, he wasn't looking for it because that's not a legal term. And what he was looking for was conspiracy with the Russians. And he said he didn't have enough evidence to prove that. He didn't say it didn't exist. Uh, that's a nuance that will be lost on Donald Trump and his supporters for well, the moment. it's not lost on Do- Trump. He knows exactly how he's lying. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's true. Except, well, maybe not, because if you watch the George Stephanopoulos um, 30 Hours um, The interview, show, yeah. you see that interview? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they were in the, in the Beast riding around the presidential limo. And George brought that. He, he uh, brought that up. Well, Trump said, "No, cons- no, no obstruction, no collusion, no obstruction, no collusion." And, uh, you know, right, exactly. And George said, "No, that's not true." And corrected it with the facts. And he just dismissed George as, as if he was one of his um, White House staffers or something. Yeah. How dare you? You contradict me. Well, uh, again, uh, the. Um it will really come down to whether a majority of American voters uh, buys into the fact that it doesn't matter. In other words, I believe the true believe the true believers w- will f- follow Trump's line that it's just been all set up. People right. are picking on Trump. They right. don't like they don't like uh, they don't like you. So they're going after me. That's the Donald Trump's line. I cannot believe right. a majority of Americans will buy into that. But I think there's a chance that Americans who probably aren't paying attention fully paying attention or are doing well financially will say it ultimately doesn't matter because all politicians lie all politicians uh cheat and yeah. deceive etc yeah. and and that's the the well, argument this, this is the thing this is why the house democrats have to quit all the hand wringing mm-hmm. and and just go for broke they need to start at least impeachment and impeachment inquiry because then they can force people in to testify because Trump is stonewalling everything. Um, Hope Hicks was in today and she... um, Hope Hicks is former uh, strategist. Yeah, well, she was his, she was the person, she was his, his, um, at one point she was the media, last job she had was the media person. She started off working for um, Ivanka as, as some sort of style person or something, but she rapidly worked her way up the ranks. Yeah, Trump liked her. Yeah, he liked her. Yeah, exactly. And so she was testifying while well, we've been in the bubble. She's been testifying today in Congress. Yeah, she's been testifying, and she's using executive privilege. That well, the lawyer she has a lawyer, a White House lawyer, sitting next mm-hmm. to her, and so. Anything they ask her about what happened in the White House. I mean, they ask her where was her office in juxtaposition to the Oval Office, and she refused to answer that. Did she use the Fifth Amendment? Did she, would, no, the executive privilege. Oh, uh, great executive, executive privilege. privilege. I see. Yeah, she refused. So she's not answering, but the, the campaign stuff, which she knows a lot about, yeah. she's been answering that from reports coming out. And they're having a big fight about whether executive privilege 
covers that transitional period between when he actually won the election and when he actually took office. And that's going to have to go before the courts to be yeah, Ultimately, a lot of stuff will come before the courts. Right. Uh, Mon- Monroe Anderson's my guess. It's, uh, we're talking Trump, Trump, Trump. We're going to take a break, come back and talk about Patrick Shanahan, who is uh, Donald Trump's defense secretary, or was anyway. We'll be right back after this. Crazy Nancy, I tell you what, I've been watching her, and I have, I have been watching her for a long period of time. She- hey, playing now at Steppenwolf Theater, the world premiere of Ms. Black for President. It's inspired by the true, that's true as in it really happened, T-R-U-E story of Joan Dett Black, America's first drag queen presidential candidate. You know who created it, D? No. It was created by Tony nominee Tina Landau. Oh. And you know who else created it? No. Oscar winner Terrell Alvin McCraney. You know him, Moonlight. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. For tickets, visit Steppenwolf.org. That's Steppenwolf, like the rock group from the 60s, Hang tight, millennials. (laughs) The Ben Drofsky Show is supported by the Northwestern Summer Writers Conference. Now in its 15th year, the three-day conference held in Chicago features a diverse array of workshops, speakers, discussions, and readings. Learn more at sps.northwestern.edu slash writers. Cirque du Soleil's Big Top comes back to Chicago with its latest show, Volta. Venture into a captivating voyage of discovery inspired by the adventurous spirit of freedom where a surge of action sparks a high-voltage journey. Volta. Playing May 18th through July 6th under the Big Top at Soldier Field. Tickets at CirqueDuSoleil.com. Volta thanks their partners Hennessy Black and Champagne Nicolas Fayette. And for the record, I love puppies. All right, everybody. Hour number two of your Ben Jarofsky show for Thursday, June 19th is just moments away. But before we get into hour number two, we need to thank the following unions once again for jumping on board and bringing back the Ben Jarofsky show. So many unions to tell you about. First up, it's the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, not Aerosmith, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. A giant thank you to those unions for jumping on board and helping bring back the Ben Jarofsky Show. And, of course, today's program is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Hour number two, let's go. It is Wednesday, June 19th, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue... This is the Ben Jarofsky Show. In this hour of the program, we still got Monroe Anderson in studio, and we welcome back our good friend and director of the Black Harvest Film Festival, the one, the only, Sergio Mims. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Benny J. Ben Jarofsky. Yes, indeed. Monroe Anderson is in studio. Uh, he's very skeptical, as always, that Donald Trump will be reelected. Uh, does not think America will fall in line behind Paula White, Donald Trump's spiritual advisor, and uh, baby Trump, Donald Trump Jr. I hope he is correct. Uh, Neil Steinberg wrote a column today that uh, has a different point of view. We'll get into Austin Monroe about that. Uh, what he th- what's his thoughts on that? But before we do that, D, you got any updates for us? Yeah, I do. But boy, I just cannot get over how ridiculous Donald Trump 
Trump Jr. sounds. If government failed you, maybe you're the problem, Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, that's his attempt at sarcasm. Uh, you know, just mocking the notion that government could come together to uh, find a cure for cancer. Uh, and uh, but yeah, yep. The, obviously, Donald Trump think that's an effective. He's an effective spokesperson for his campaign. And we do have some updates here. First off, a reminder: tomorrow and Friday there will be no full live two-hour Ben Jarofsky show. Not Ben's headed to L.A. Ben, put those sunglasses on. Show those live streamers how uh, you're going to be living the next few days. Oh yeah, look at that, huh? Live streamers, <laughs> huh? large baby. <laughs> oh, watch out, people. He's going to be in L.A. He's got his sunglasses and everything. He's ready. But do not worry because we will have a bonus interview for. For you to download on both Thursday and Friday. Yeah, we got your back. It's all good. We will also have Benny J bonus interviews on Saturday and Monday. All right. So those are the two uh, days we'll have those as well. Once again, tomorrow, Thursday, June 20th, and Friday, June 21st, the Ben Jarofsky Show full live two-hour program will not be happening. But do not worry. We will have brand new interviews for you to download, including interviews from the Girl Talk, Erica Wozniak, and Jen Sabella. And uh, we had a great conversation uh, Ben did with uh, Ken Davis of the Chicago Newsroom, formerly of the Chicago Newsroom, I guess, and Ben's right-hand man, investigative journalist Mick Dumkey. That was a good time, right? That was a lot of fun. Ken Davis uh, was a little sheepish uh, and, and good-natured about it. He, on his TV show, it was his TV show, where Lori Lightfoot made comments that she probably regretted making, or I don't know, I, I can't read her mind, about uh, whether police, the Fraternal Order Police had uh, ordered officers to lay low around Memorial Day and not uh, crack down hard on crime so that the crime rate would be up for and make her look bad. Um, they're, they're completely unsubstantiated rumor that she heard. You know, She heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who heard it from another that she'd been messing around that kind oh. of thing. Uh, and uh, so Kenny Davis, we had a lot of fun with that one because she made it on his show. He, she made that comment on his show almost as like she was just chatting with him, you know. That's the FOP, though. Oh, here you go, Monroe. Of the views and comments of Monroe Anderson. All right, those are Monroe Anderson, all right? And on to our update here. I'm J.B. Pritzker, and I'm not a perfect person. We know that's true. Yeah. Not a perfect person. All right, he's been doing some damn good things, though, across the state, legalizing recreational marijuana in January, the fair tax. But uh, he does one thing, though, uh, when it comes to elections. Maybe it's a smart move, but in this instance, maybe not. We're going to ask you, Ben Jarofsky and Monroe Anderson. Uh Pritzker is staying out of a particular election at the moment, and that is the uh, race that's going to be happening in 2020 between Dan Lipinski Mm. and Marie Newman. Uh, The following comes from the journalistic political bulldogs over at Illinois Politico and one Shia Kapos. Uh, It says here the Illinois congressman uh, talking about uh, Lipinski's here. Firm position against abortion has already made him something of a pariah within the Democratic Party and turned its liberal wing against Lipinski so hard that Democratic congressional campaign committee chair Sherry Bustos backed out of a fundraiser for him this month. While Lipinski regularly finds critics and primary challengers to his left, his abortion stance hasn't necessarily hurt him in a seat he's held on to since 2005. And this is where Pritzker comes in. Pritzker was asked about the election and Pritzker said, quote, he's not going, well, I'm not going to weigh in on Lipinski's third congressional district race saying it's a federal office and I'm focused on having a state government that's working. Well, while that is maybe a true statement there from Pritzker, we have to ask you, 
should J.B. Pritzker stay out of the race between Dan Lipinski and Marie Newman, Ben Jarofsky? Uh Yes, he should stay out of the race for uh, political reasons. Uh, I, he's the, they're all Democrats involved, and he is the titular head of the Democratic Party in the state of Illinois, and as such, uh, he should remain neutral. That is just essentially how Democrats uh, run their business, and they let the voters decide. Uh, that's my personal opinion. Now, you shouldn't go the next extreme uh, and punish people who work on dissident campaigns, and that's been going on up in the Democratic Party. I don't know if you've been following that, Monroe, where uh, the, the Democratic Congressional uh, Caucus or whatever they are, the, the Democratic Congressional Committee instructed uh, pollsters and strategists that if they work for dissidents or insurgents, they would not be get contracts with the committee. I think that's crossing a line. I think we should tolerate strategists from being able to work, but I just think it's a practical purpose. Um, incumbent governors should stay out of primaries when they're uh, being challenged, when it's an incumbent being challenged. Your thoughts? That's patronage gone white collar. If, if, as a blue collar worker mm-hmm. back in the pa- real patronage days, if you worked for an opposing candidate, then you would suddenly lose your job. Yes. In City Hall. Yeah. So now they've moved it up the line. Oh yeah, I see your point. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you have to you have to exert some sort of party discipline if you're going to keep any type of machine whatsoever. So they just are doing it in a different way. All right, but my argument would be they're essentially undercutting themselves because some of the brightest young strategists are the ones who are working on the insurgency campaigns. You would want them in your party you would want to encourage innovation if you will uh so it's there's there a, it, nobody ever accused uh, anybody <laughs> in the regular democratic machine of being <laughs> smart uh so what's your thought about pritzker should he get involved uh in in, in other Le, words should in, the and lipinski thing yeah look lipinski inherited that seed mm-hmm so it's his to keep until one of his children gets old enough. <laughs> That's <laughs> a Democratic attitude. Right, exactly. So uh, it doesn't matter what JB does. It's 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 a family property. JB ought to stay out of their business. <laughs> I'm being facetious. Yeah, I know you are. Well, the, the reality is that uh, this expo this 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 really underscores the issue of uh, where the Democrats stand on reproductive rights and abortion rights. Um, and Lipinski is the last, I believe, of the hardcore Democrat, anti-abortion Democrats left in Congress. There may be others that I'm overlooking at the moment, but he's de- if he's not the last, he's one of the last few. Yeah. The party uh, has moved, is very pro-choice right now, and uh, very much for uh, reproductive right, rights. Right, almost to where it's a litmus test. In the party, yes, yeah, uh, and um, absolutely, yeah. it's in. We just saw that here in the state of Illinois, where the, we passed the Reproductive Rights uh, Act, and, and Pritzker signed it. And Lipinski would have been one of the Democrats voting no. I don't know how many Democrats actually voted no. Uh, Lipinski was challenged in 2018 by Marie Newman. It was a very contentious election. I'm surprised he won. Yeah, uh, and uh, she's going at it a, a second round, a second uh, shot at him. Here. Yeah, it's, okay. See, what's what's this is a localized version of what's happening nationally, and that's the country has become very tribalized. 
the the, the red tribe and the blue tribe. Mm-hmm. And there are certain um, key issues that if you're in the, the red tribe that you must subscribe to as in pro-life and on, on the blue tribe it must be pro-choice. And there are others like that. And it's national, it's worked its way down locally, and it's it's gonna it's, it's gonna stay that way until the the dam breaks. Yeah. And who knows when that's gonna happen? Well, Clarence Page, your old friend, your good friend, yeah. Clarence Page, wrote about this in today's uh, Tribune. Yeah. Where I don't know if you saw his column, but uh, his column basically essentially said what you said that Americans as as a whole are not as entrenched on the issue of choice as uh, the extreme parts of each party right if you follow what i'm right. saying no they're, they're yeah there's, there's a wiggle there. room i yeah, think is exactly. what he called it they're exactly. not quite sure you push them on this issue that issue right um and and most aren't most americans aren't for um, a, um no abortion under any circumstances whatsoever you know they they even even the many of the pro-choice people say well if it's incest or rape then you should be able to get mm-hmm. it now, of course, there is a certain moral um, conflict in that. Because if you truly believe that abortion is murder, then it should be murder, period. Yeah. It shouldn't be, okay, well, if it's your daddy or if it's the, the black guy running the streets looking for white women to rape. <laughs> Once again, the comments. Uh... <laughs> the views and actions of Monroe Anderson never reflect those of the Ben Drive Show. Yeah. Now back to the program. Yeah. And... <laughs> See, my problem with what with the Republicans have done, and I've seen this in several columns, if, if they somehow or other uh, have, uh, they're equating the hardcore positions of Republicans in, let's say, Alabama with pro-choice people in Illinois. Yeah. So, for instance, the uh, outlawing of abortion in every instance, including uh, incest or rape, uh, is it being equated with someone who, for instance, does not believe there should be uh, parental notification for abortion? Now, I don't see, I personally do not see those as uh, one and the same, but just the polar sides of things. I think the Alabama, this is my position, yeah. is far more extreme and outrageous than the parental notification. I've, I don't believe there should be parental notification, for instance. I don't know what your thoughts on that issue are. Um, I, I remember, I'm just left of liberal. <laughs> So you're self-described. So you don't think there should be parental notification? No, no, I don't think there should be. Yeah, but but what 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 I've heard in in debates or when uh, Republican strategists talk about extremists on the left, they're against parental notification. I'm like, how is that the same as an as the mainstream of the Republican Party throughout the country uh, in states like Alabama that supports an. as opposed to abortion, even the case of rape or incest. This is an emotional issue, and so you cannot try to apply logic to it. It, it really is, you know, for example, um, we don't know, I mean, with some people, um, life begins um, at, at insemination. As soon as, as, soon as uh, some people say even before they the thought and life begins or something as a joke. Yeah, and, and you know, and others, um, it, it, it's a continuum to when it's considered actually a child. Now the thing that and then and then when you go beyond that, we have a situation where 
we love them until they they're born and then we don't care they're yeah. on their own um which i find very hypocritical Oh, well, that's that utter hypocrisy in the Republican Party. Exactly. Absolutely, you know, lock um, up the lock up the children, put the kids in cages because they're from another country. Yeah, we don't uh, care about them, and make them that was and, and make uh, them have children. Right, uh, they're against exactly. abortion for uh, for uh, young women who are locked up in detention uh, who've come into this country from Central America. Uh, but yeah, so I, but then when I back up and I look at the, in a Democratic primary, uh, the Democrats are supposed to encourage the notion that there are many different issues that people, even who are opposed to abortion, can find a home uh, with the Democrats. So for instance, uh, with Dan Lipinski, he uh, is, is a supporter of labor rights and union rights. So why would you, why would the leaders of the Democratic Party tag team uh, with the uh, the challenger Marie Newman to drive out uh, a, a Democrat who represents sort of the union side of yeah. the Democratic Party, and that's where I could see like a, a public official like Pritzker saying, "Well, doing the math, he, Lipinski does not have enough votes to undermine abortion rights. He's one vote, right? So." I'm just going to stay out of this and not oh, yeah, alienate right, exactly. Lipinski no, supporters. No, see, you're trying to go into nuance. <laughs> yeah. It, it, <laughs> why, why would you do that when everything is so black and white in this world yeah. today? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's actually politics. It, it's, it, it's the art. It, politics is supposed to be an art. It's definitely not a science. Yeah. And so you, you know, you have one position, I have another. We discuss it, we debate it, and then we meet somewhere in the middle. That's how it should work. But that's not how it's working in general today. We have extreme camps. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so uh, Pritzker is going to stay out of that one. And by the way, J.B. Uh, Pritzker gives a lot of money to uh, uh, pro-choice groups throughout the state of Illinois. So I think he's not going to be criticized for staying out of the, the Marie Newman race. In, uh, yeah, you, 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 you can buy understanding every day in yes, politics. Uh, that is true. <laughs> uh, that may be his most effective trait as uh, governor, that he has a lot of money to right. buy a lot of things. All right, let's go back to Patrick Shanahan is the man's name, and I will now uh, read to you from today's paper. He is President Trump's. Uh, he President Trump on Tuesday withdrew the nomination of Patrick M. Shanahan to be the permanent defense secretary, leaving the Pentagon in transition at a time of escalating tensions with Iran and questions about the role of the military and the border with Mexico. I would gather that Paula White, uh, the spiritual advisor to President Trump, would say that is an unfair assessment by the New York Times. And uh, Mr. Shanahan, a former Boeing executive who had been serving as the acting Dep De defense secretary, announced his resignation as an FBI background investigation conducted on all cabinet nominees was continuing because of incidents of family violence. Mr. Shanahan's ex-wife had accused him of punching her in the stomach, which Mr. Shanahan had denied. He said his ex-wife started the fight and his spokesman said she was arrested and charged with domestic violence. The charges were eventually dropped. What's your thoughts on that one, Monroe? Trump has, there, there's a string of Trump people that have been accused of beating their wives. Um, the, um, the, the, the guy in the White House, I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, he stepped down. And yeah. We talk about, yeah. He stepped down mm -hmm. because of that. Was, was that um, Trump had one, one guy who was supposed to be appointed 
uh, to a position, to be named in a cabinet position. And he had been accused of beating his wife. And then she, he denied it and she denied it. But then there, there was this tape from the Oprah show where she was on there talking about it in disguise, talking about how he beat the living. Yes, I remember that, her. yeah. I mean, so it's, the thing is, Trump, Trump vets his cabinet members the way he vets his his his, his um, political uh, his, his 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 foreign leaders. Mm-hmm. The, the, he do, he doesn't if they if they compliment him if they talk nice to him, then he, they're fine with him. And so he puts up with this. Yes. Uh, yes. And this and this one this is such an outrageous case with the 17 year old son who took a baseball bat to his mother. He he literally cracked her skull. Mm. She was in, she had a con- concussion. He left her um, laying in a pool of blood on the floor. Um, the kids, the son's younger brother uh, was there. Um, the older brother snatched the phone, uh, disconnected the telephone, so he couldn't call the police or the ambulance or his mother. Uh, then um, Shanahan, Patrick Shanahan, takes the son. To a hotel and, and and puts him up in a hotel, hiding him from the police. Yeah. Uh, and he excused the son beating the mother with a baseball bat, saying that basically it was her fault because she nagged him for she was harassing him for three hours. Man, I know. I mean, it's just you know. I mean, it's a lot of love in that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and this is the man that he wanted to uh, have yeah. a charge of of defense. And so we had to pull him back here. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and he was, we haven't had anybody in charge of defense for almost a year now under the Trump administration. I mean, you know, a real secretary of defense. I mean, we've had acting. But, and there are so many positions like that in the Trump administration because he's running the country like the mom and pop shop that he <laughs> ran beforehand. Yeah. Which went bankrupt, depending on whose count, four to six times. So he wasn't very good at it, running the mom and pop shop. The United States is not a mom and pop shop. Uh, it, I just see that our next guest, Sergio Mims, has made a great uh, entrance. We're going to bring him on uh, and maybe convince Monroe Anderson to stick around as well when we return. <laughs> Hey there, producer Dennis here. Thanks for finding and listening to the brand new Ben Jarofsky Show. All right, so here's how this works. The Ben Jarofsky Show live streams on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Once the show is over, you can listen to the replay on our YouTube channel or we throw it online for you to download by 4 p.m. Where can you download the Ben Jarofsky Show, you may be asking yourself? Well, you may be asking yourself a fantastic question. You can find previous Ben Jarofsky shows and guest interviews through several outlets. The Chicago Sun-Times Online, chicago.suntimes.com. The Chicago Reader Online, chicagoreader.com. And wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, pick one. Just search for the Ben Jarofsky Show. J-O-R-A. V as in victory, S-K-Y. So, let's recap. 
Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Live streamed on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel and downloadable by 4 at chicago.suntimes.com, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast. Yes, the Ben Jarofsky Show is back. We're live and downloaded. Tell your friends and enjoy the rest of the show. I read the the uh, op-ed last night, I believe, Lucy Flores, and Joe Biden needs to give an answer. Today's Ben Jarofsky show was brought to you in part by Chicago Architecture Center. Discover the breadth and majesty of Chicago's architecture on a Chicago Architecture Center bus tour. From bungalows to Bauhaus, our expert docents will share the fascinating stories behind our city's architecture. Book your tour at architecture.org slash tours. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm actually on a bus tour right now. Oh, my. Look at that wonderful piece of architecture. Yay for our teachers! Yay for our teachers! Today's Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you in part by Green Element Resale. It's located at 6241 North Broadway in Chicago. And listeners, it is amazing. Furniture, appliances, lamps, books, clothes, electronics. It's a thrift shop, but it's the only thrift shop in Chicago that helps bring you the Ben Jarofsky Show. So, if you're ever on Broadway between Granville and Devon, stop on into Green Element Resale and tell them, hey, thank you. (laughs) It's Green Element Resale, 6241 North Broadway. Find more information at greenelementresale.com. It's Green Element Resale. Go there, buy some things, and more than likely, you will save tons, tons of Ooh, money, money. Money. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Yes, indeed. We are live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Sergio Mims, uh, co-founder of the Black Harvest Film Festival, has joined us. He's an old friend of Monroe Anderson. So Monroe has... Uh, well, I don't know if he will be in some way, but... <laughs> well, I, actually, I, I'm his hero. Oh, is that how it <laughs> works? It, it, goes be, it, it, goes beyond, it goes beyond friendship. I, uh, it's, <laughs> he worships I, 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 I have just trained him not to genuflect every time he sees me. And he's been well-trained. Uh, he didn't genuflect at all <laughs> yeah, exactly, when, when he I came know. in. He's, uh, I'm, I'm so proud of him. All right. Uh, uh, the Black Harvest Film Festival is, in my humble opinion, the finest film festival in the city of Chicago. And uh, Sergio just gave me this bookmark that says the Black Harvest Film Festival turns 25 years old this August Happy 2019. Happy birthday, <laughs> Harvest Film Festival. Uh, so you got some uh, nice new announcement for us, Sergio, about the Black Harvest Film Festival? Well, I can just make announcement about some movies that okay. we got. Um, you know the finger D'Angelo? Yes. We have a brand, there's a brand new documentary about him called Devil's Pie, which is about uh, his comeback his career and his comeback. And we're showing that. Uh, We're showing a controversial new movie called Jezebel, which premiered at the South by Southwest Film Festival. Uh, It's about a young a young black woman uh, from a um, in this family. The mother dies Mm -hmm. and she has to make a living somehow, somewhere. Um, And her older sister, who works as a sex phone operator, finds out that there is a position open for models for a fetish webcam site. So uh, this young woman, whose name is Tiffany, 
who goes by the name Jezebel, starts working at this place. And here's the thing. She likes doing it, and it makes her life better. This is not your typical movie. And the actress who is playing the lead is uh, a young actress by the name of Tiffany Tennille, who's a Chicagoan. And uh, she just won Best Actress at the Black American Film the, the Af the Af Black American Film Festival in Miami last week. So we're showing that. Uh, we have a new movie about the uh, history of Blue Note Records called They Call It Shring. Oh yeah, I read about this. Yeah. Uh, produced by Vim Vendors, the director. Uh, we have a um, a very a controversial film, also a documentary called. The blood is on the streets. Do you recall a few years ago this incident in Milwaukee in which a policeman shot uh, a young black man who was schizophrenic 12 times, mm. claiming he was under threat? This movie's about that whole incident. It's an excellent movie. Um, has a major distributor. Uh, we got another uh, major film called uh, Premature, which premiered a uh, Sundance. Um, we're showing that. There are a few movies that we're still working on. Even though the deadline was last Friday, still a, still a couple more movies we're trying to get. And also, uh, we're still showing Crooklyn. Spike Lee is not coming, but... Wait, wait. Had you announced... So that's your, 20, that's your uh, old movie that you're showing. Right, the 25th okay, anniversary. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, okay, the reason why we're not showing what uh, Do the Right Thing, Do the Right Thing is 30 years old, Crooklyn's 25 years yeah. old. The reason we're not showing Do the Right Thing is because next month Universal is re releasing it in a brand new restoration. It's going to play at the Music Box Theater. Number two, it comes out a brand new restored DVD is coming on Criterion. Uh, number three, Spike Lee is playing a whole big thing in New York for the movie. For do the right thing. For do the right yeah. thing. But his little baby, you know, Crooklyn, which is 25 years yeah. old, and we're 25 years old, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, um, we are working on getting a major name. I cannot tell okay. you who. I can't, because just before I came here, yeah. I was talking to this person's publicist. Uh huh. So I can't reveal it. That's All my right. favorite part of the Sergio Mims <laughs> interview. Yeah. No, no, not my favorite part is when you say the views and opinions on this show. He oh. already did that three yeah. times for Monroe. Monroe. Hey, you're stealing my act. <laughs> well, say something dirty and we'll not do it. Yeah, by the way, you're allowed to swear it is a podcast. Except huh. my stuff is good. <laughs> oh, uh, Wow. Well, all right. Now, um, wait. So... So for Crooklyn, which is, I really love Crooklyn mm -hmm. uh, on many levels. Have you seen Crooklyn, Monroe? No? no okay. I, I never was interested in it for some reason. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, my generation. Yeah. So it's kids growing up in Brooklyn in the early 70s. Uh, so for Crooklyn, are you, it, the thing you can't reveal, is that related to Crooklyn? Like who's going to yes. come in for, okay. All right. You can't really. See, the way it works, folks, is that uh, the old movie that they play at uh, Black Harbor. Oh, most of the movies are new, contemporary movies, right. documentaries. Over the last few years, we've been doing uh, anniversary films. An anniversary Whether films. Whether it's a 20th or a 25th anniversary, yeah. something of that. Yeah, and the director comes in to talk uh, to talk about his or her film. Right. Or the stars come in to talk about his or her film. Right. And then it's interesting to see, uh, for me, that like the next generation down for me, having these moments of nostalgia. Uh, when I saw, what was the movie? Um, I'm just blanking the name of the movie. It's a couple years ago. Love Jones? Love Jones. Right. Uh, see, uh, women... I was overruled on that. I wanted to show Blade. Yeah, well, you... 
I would have. 20 fin- I would have been. Yeah, I would have gone for Blade. Oh, but whatever. Love Jones is a significant movie to people who are in their forties. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I, I liked Love Jones better than Blade. Well, I'm a little surprised to yeah, hear that no, because it's set in Chicago. Yeah, it is set it. in Chicago, and 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 they're it's cutting edge in that they're having the poetry um, fights. Yeah, and rap. Or I forget what they called them back then. Yeah, but anyway, slam the slam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, whereas as Blade was a typical monster sword fighting <laughs> uh, Dracula. Movie. Meanwhile, I can say this now. Meanwhile. Um, Love Jones centered around some of the most annoying, irritating people who hung around that whole thing at the period. You know, snapping their fingers and the pretentious Wow, you didn't say that at the time. <laughs> well, I couldn't. I had to promote it. Now I can say it. <laughs> you had the director on stage with I you. I know. Yeah. I had to be nice. <laughs> so you're not a fan of Love Jones? No, I was never was. You know, but, you know, when we came, I was trying to push Blade. I yeah, really was. Yeah. But, you know, Love Jones. Oh, Love Jones. Right, right, oh, right, I love exactly. them. Oh. And they didn't even sing and, Love and Jones in the a, movie. Right, right, exactly. No, it's a great, it's a great soundtrack. You know, and Blade is fine. You know, I mean, let, I liked, let me put it this way. I liked Blade. Any movie which you see a black guy kicking ass, I'm down with it. That's why I like Equalizer. Why do I like Equalizer oh, movies, right? It's an old black guy kicking ass. Yeah. I said, is that so hard to do? Exactly, no. and he likes Jim Brown. You still like Jim Brown? You haven't given up on him since the Trump? I, I don't want, don't, don't bring it up. Oh, why? He's ashamed. Don't bring it up. Is Jim Brown gonna be the surprise guest at this uh, year's Black Not Army? if I can help it. <laughs> Uh, Equalizer 2, by the way, is um, not nearly as good as Equalizer 1, uh, but it is enjoyable to watch uh, Denzel Washington just punch people, right. throw people. Right. Uh, the opening scene is like, I think he kills six, it was six to one, and he emerges uh, unscathed. All right. Uh, go ahead. We're- no, talk about, uh, well, but anyway, we, uh, we just had a meeting uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. On a planning meeting, uh, since we're planning major events, once again, I can't announce them because if I announce it and it doesn't happen, then people say, hey, what happened to that big event you were planning to have? Yeah. So uh, I, will, I will give you, you have to come back next month. I have to come back next yes. month because then I can tell you definitely. And I'll tell you this. Yeah. This morning, I got a call from Chicago National Film Festival. Uh, they want to know what we've got. And I wanted to know what they've got. Uh-huh. And um, I think we could reach a mutual understanding. Actually, we got a movie which they were planning to show. Are you allowed to say what movie that is? No, I won't say right All right, now. okay. Uh, I'll say it later. All right, let's talk about Crooklyn versus Do the Right Things. They're both Spike Lee movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your opinion, uh, what are the virtues of Crooklyn as opposed to Do the Right Thing? And people, like you said, Do the Right Thing is widely considered. Spike Lee's masterpiece. It's the one that he is going to be uh, celebrating mm-hmm. uh, in New York City. Uh, for people like me, I have this like nostalgic love for Crooklyn. Uh, but in your opinion, as a uh, uh, is sort of an expert on movies, what 
how do you rate Crooklyn with Do the Right Thing? Well, no, it's not on the same level. And it almost is apples and oranges because it was a completely type of different type of movie. It's a movie which is basically centered around a young nine-year-old girl and her point of view. Crooklyn, you're talking uh, Crooklyn, about. Crooklyn, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, growing up in the 70s. It was written by his sister, Dwali, and it was based on their experiences growing up uh Delroy Lindo's character is clearly based on Spike's father, who was a jazz musician Billy. who struggled a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mother was a teacher, as every Woodard is to film. She did die young. Uh, oh, wait, time I, out. Spike Lee's mom did die young? Yes. Oh, I, I, I think I, when okay. he was in first year of college, I, see. I believe. Right. And um, so it's a very personal film for him and for his sister, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it was a movie that it took me a couple of times to take a look at it to really get into it because the first time I saw it when it came out I was like this is an odd picture it goes into different tone, tonal shifts and I don't know exactly where to put this yeah, right and and, and once again it's from the perspective of a nine year old girl so every experience you have you see it in a different light yeah. uh, but it's grown over time and it has a real following now it's really grown over the years. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's coming on a Blu-ray next month for the first time. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's perfect for us, you know. And um, uh, we'll put it this way. If we get who we can get, who we're planning to get, yeah. I think people would be very excited. All right. Well, I'm excited to, anyway because I love Crooklyn. Uh, and uh, I love that that device he has, I think you're alluding to, where when he is uh, goes down, he's forced to, I don't want to give too much of the movie away, but uh, if you haven't seen the movie, he goes to visit, live with his family in the South, and they go well, to black the, and the, white. The, the, uh, the, the, uh, the daughter, the girl. Yeah. No, he, right. Yeah. The, uh, she's forced to go um, live with the family right. in the South, and the way they change, go to black and white as opposed to color. Well, when I didn't they, go to black and white, what he did was that... Um, he shot the film anamorphic, but then you removed the lens, so everything looks squeezed. Yeah, it looks squeezed. So and it's not black and white? My no, 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 me- it's no, funny no. how memory plays with you. I had black and white, but go ahead. Yeah, this, looks, here's a very good description of what's going on. Yeah, here. everything looks distorted. You know, it's like she's in a different world. Yeah. You know, she's out from Brooklyn, and now she's in this environment she doesn't know anything about. And so if you're a kid, it does look weird. Now, you can argue that his technique of making it look weird may be forced. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's another way he can do it. And maybe you can say if he remade it today, he probably would have done it differently. Yeah. But, um, no, I'm very happy that we're going to show this picture. Uh, and uh, Do the Right Thing, when you look back 30 years later, what's your thoughts on Do the Right Thing? Um, boy, it still holds up, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> The more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. Yeah, Isn't it amazing? Yeah. And and I'm a a serious um, Ossie Davis fan. Yeah. Uh, um, When I was back in 1970, when I was working, first starting out in the business, I was working for the National Observer, and I went to New York to interview him. I had my tape recorder in hand, and I interviewed him for an hour. It was a really great interview. I checked my tape recorder. Oh no! Blank. Uh, <laughs> not, nothing. Yeah. And he he redid the interview. He just you know he, he, I mean I was really freaked out and what have you. And he said, "Don't worry about it." And we did another hour of the interview over again, which was just so cool because I mean he was he was a major star back yeah. then. 
Yeah. And, um, and he's a pivotal part of uh, Do the Right Thing. But so I'm excited that Crooklyn is coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, as much as I love Do the Right Thing, I think I just, as a personal favorite, I like Crooklyn. Okay. You know, yeah. I, I, I think Do the Right Thing is obviously a more powerful movie, yeah. uh, more iconic movie, more influential movie, all those things. But just as a personal level, I love Crooklyn. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with Sergio Monroe, talk a little local politics. Sergio Mims loves talking local politics. We'll be right back after this. At Chicago Land Cremation Options, we are committed to listening, educating, and guiding your family through the cremation process. Whether it is time of death or when planning your wishes for the future, Chicago Land Cremation Options can accommodate you at an affordable price and with great dignity. Avoid funeral home costs with direct access to a crematory for a cremation. Chicago Land Cremation Options, just south of O'Hare, five minutes west of Chicago. It's a family-owned business and operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Visit it at ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. One more time, ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. Not only are our city finances on a firmer footing than they were eight years ago, but as we can see, Chicago's fiscal condition is no longer a drag or a threat to the economic growth and job creation happening in every part of this city. Not only is crime falling, a credit to the leadership of Superintendent Johnson and his team and their community partners, but the Chicago Police Department is on the path to earning the trust of every community in Chicago. And under Cirque du Soleil's Big Top comes back to Chicago with its latest show, Volta. Venture into a captivating voyage of discovery inspired by the adventurous spirit of freedom where a surge of action sparks a high-voltage journey. Volta. Playing May 18th through July 6th under the Big Top at Soldier Field. Tickets at CirqueDuSoleil.com. Volta thanks their partners Hennessy Black and Champagne Nicola Fayette. Hey, everybody, what you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. Man, listen to Jeff go. Jeff Manuel has been playing piano around Chicago for years. He's played for conventions, for celebrities, played in basement bars with blues bands. He's played at prestigious social clubs, fine restaurants, and in the intimacy of private homes. Book Jeff Manuel at jeffemanuelpianist.com. Don't worry, I'll spell his name at the end of this commercial. You know what Chicago Magazine said? They said that Jeff Manuel is, quote, as comfortable with Chopin as he is with Cole Porter. He's excellent, and his performance is joyous. He offers an elegant stream of compositions and interpretations that entertains the mind but won't hurt the ears. To hear more of Jeff Manuel's work and to book Jeff for your next event, go to jeffmanuelpianist.com. I'm going to spell it out for you, people. J-E-F-F. M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, U, E, L, P, I, A, N, I, S, T, dot com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Mr. Jarofsky, 
take us home on that extended weekend. Yes, an extended weekend. That super cool music means the end of a super cool show. It's not over yet. And by the way, the man on the piano, none other than Sergio Mims. I Good knew job. it. Oh, see, man of many talents, master of none. Not only does he run a great film festival, the Black Harvest Film Festival, uh, which turned 25 this year. By the way, I didn't give the basics. Uh, Gene Siskel Theater, that's right across the street from the Chicago Theater right. on State Street. Uh, it'll be from August 3rd to the 29th. August 3rd to the 29th. And uh, Crooklyn, can't wait for Crooklyn. Oh, please, I'm going to, uh, please don't be when I'm out of town. Do you know the date yet? You know the it's date? probably maybe most likely be the last day. Oh, good. I'll, I'll be in town for that one. All right. Do you got an update before I? Uh... Absolutely. Here we got some updates here. Today's Ben Jarofsky show. First off, brought to you by that a weird voice of Donald Trump Jr. If government failed you, maybe you're the problem, oh Joe God. Biden. Gosh, <laughs> so funny. it's just trying to convey uh, something. I'm not qu- sure what. Quick reminder: Yes, tomorrow and Friday, Ben and I will be gone. Ben's headed off to L.A. Put those sunglasses on, buddy. Oh, look at this guy. Oh, man, he's going to be styling in Los Angeles tomorrow. Uh, He's headed off to L.A. In the meantime, do not worry because we will have bonus interviews for you to download on Thursday and Friday. You'll find out who uh, those interviews are when it becomes available. Uh, On Saturday and Monday, we'll have bonus interviews as well for the weekend to hold you over until we get back. Ben, we're going to be broadcasting back on Tuesday, right? That is correct. Streaming live Tuesday at 1 o'clock. Streaming live. So back to the uh, regular schedule on Tuesday. Okay, this story broke as we were uh, doing the show today. Alderman Carrie Austin, what the hell did you do? She, uh, her office was raided mm. by the FBI today. FBI agents executed a search warrant Wednesday morning on the far south side office of Alderman Carrie Austin. Uh, it says here an unmarked white cargo van sat in a side parking lot of the building on 11th Street along with two sedans and a black SUV. A federal agent got into the black SUV and pulled away about 1.45 p.m. after loading a cardboard box with marked, very similar to Burke here, uh, a cardboard box marked evidence bags and a large rolled up poster into the vehicle. I'm assuming it's not a poster of Carrie Austin. No, and this is from her uh, ward office, does it say? 11th, uh, on 11th Street, yeah. It says 11th, probably office. 111th, probably a mistake there uh, if it's care, if it's her ward office. Yeah. Um, wow. I, my, I, listen, it's uh, speculation, so it's dangerous to do these mm-hmm. kinds of things, but people have been saying for a long time that there was going to, the shoe had not, the other shoe hadn't fallen on the Danny Solis uh, investigation that, of course, is former Alderman Danny Solis, the zoning chairman, was wearing a wire for how many years? Three years, I want to say. Sergio Mims, and he'd been taping conversations with Ed Burke. Probably taped a lot of conversations with a lot of other people. For all I know, I'm in one of those conversations. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the phone calls I made to Danny oh, Solis. Boy. <laughs> well, maybe we here. won't be back on Tuesday, guys. <laughs> I swear to God, people, I didn't do anything. LA trip brought to you by Danny Solis. <laughs> yeah. uh, so. Uh, so maybe it's I, I you know. Where is Danny Solis? Has he been seen lately? Uh, well, there was a picture of da- of a man alleged to be Danny Solis uh-huh. at a Social Security office. I want to say in Pilsen. Now I don't know if it really was Danny Solis, but uh-huh. this picture was floating around the internet. Uh, other than that, I don't believe Danny Solis has been seen uh, since news broke of his indictment, and he didn't step down. Sergio Mims, he kept his seat in uh, in the city council until the end of that term. He didn't run for re-election, so he obviously uh, there's a new alderman, but which meant he drew all that money. So I'm sure you feel really good about your uh, tax dollars going to Danny Solis. Well, I'll tell you this. This is, uh, is this the dawn of a new day in Chicago? 
What's going on here? What do you mean? I mean, all these indictments. Well, I should say potential indictments. And um, FBI raids and all these crooked politicians now getting their comeuppance. It's uh, something going on here or... It's just, just a... Um, more of the same, I would more say. say yeah. no. We have a mayor who personally knows the U- U.S. Uh, uh, Attorney General. Oh, so you're, you're saying that uh, she has a, a hand in this. Listen, I started the show uh, uh, with uh, a rundown. Somebody had sent me an email today, a rundown of all the public officials in Chicago uh, who had been indicted or uh, convicted of corruption charges from the 70s on. I think it was 460. And uh, the joke I made is that that list is already out of date because it didn't include the indictment, uh, the charges uh, against Alderman Proco Joe Moreno for insurance fraud, which is a real extraordinary case, has nothing to do with his official capacity as an alderman, but uh, it shows a certain amount of sleaziness nonetheless, if it's true. Uh, he, he pled not guilty. And then lo and behold, Sergio, while I'm in the show, the news breaks that they're investigating, the feds are investigating Carrie Austin. So it's like the list has to be continually updated. Uh, just it's, it's pretty remarkable. Do you have any theory? You've lived here your whole life. Any theory why Chicago is so corrupt? Oh, gosh. You need to go back to the history of Chicago, period. Chicago's always been a city on the make. <laughs> In more ways than yeah. one. It's part of, it's part of the uh, city's DNA. The culture of the city. It is the culture of the city. You know what you used to say about politicians in Louisiana? He served two terms, one in office and one in prison. <laughs> so um, yeah. goes for Chicago too. You know, as I said, I was in the, I was in London last week. Uh-huh. I was on a tube, the London Underground, yeah. and I ran to Lori Lightfoot, and I said, "Shouldn't you be over at the office?" No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I was like, "What?" <laughs> I said, "I'm just supposed to be back in Chicago yeah. working." You know how I knew that story wasn't true after what? the first shock? Was that there's no way a I mayor would be on face. the... Yeah. No, for, I'm like, what? <laughs> but uh, there would be... Uh, um, when a mayor goes abroad or goes to another city, they don't take the subway. No, you know they, what I mean? They, they take limos. They take limos. I mean, <laughs> I know it's two trips, but come on. It's three. Three trips? I mean, who is she? Rahm Emanuel? Yeah. Come on, let's get back to work. <laughs> She's got work to do to yeah. quote the Isley Brothers. All right, no, she's she going to w- be on, what's that guy's show? Colbert. Yeah, she's on Colbert's show. Oh, come on. She's All a right. celebrity now. Let's get to work. Are you offended by this? It does bother me. Mm-hmm. It, does, it does bother me. You know, you just got into office. Yeah. Get to work. <laughs> you know, Don't be flying to L.A. here. You know, she's meeting with the uh, de Blasio. Yeah, she already met part, with the Yeah, part of the job is to be an ambassador for this. Yeah, he's been defending it, uh, yeah. saying it's be an no, ambassador. I say, okay, that's fine. Six months from now. Yeah. A couple months from now. Okay, but... She's been in office, what, a month, month and a half? Yeah. Get the work. Yeah, I don't. Uh, well, did you read uh, Lori's response uh, to you? Yeah, I know. She said, what, she said, get used yeah, to it? Get yeah. over it, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Monroe, defend this pro- policy as a former uh, press aide to uh, Eugene Sawyer. Oh, he's biased. Yeah, well, he's got a different point of view. Yeah, How about exactly. putting it that way? Right, exactly. No, it's uh, the mayor of Chicago, uh-huh. depending on who is the mayor, Yeah, is a celebrity they're an ambassador for the city okay and they get lots of invitations to mm-hmm. things you Lori couldn't go to all the places she was invited to if she wanted to well it doesn't mean she should go to any of them she doesn't she doesn't need to she doesn't have to be physically here 
What what I what I was um, Sawyer's press secretary. Okay, yeah, here we one, go. One of the first <laughs> yeah. um, trips we did uh-huh. was to San Juan, Puerto Rico. Ah, and uh, was it what what when, what time of year was that? This was in um, February. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I know there's a lot of February. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe March. I forget. Oh yeah, right. oh, exactly. if we if we continue the story long enough, it'll be yeah. July. Well, but go ahead. We, but because uh-huh. the Puerto Rican community here in uh-huh. Chicago wanted um, our mayor to meet the San Juan mayor. Mm-hmm. So you had we, to go. So we had to go. I and see. we went over there, and we had we had a nice conversation. All right, my question is, why did you have to go? Because I was the press secretary. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> That's funny. I needed, I needed to know what was going on. Yeah, sure you so did. So I could talk to you guys. <laughs> Wait, did, I, did yeah. the press get to go? Did the press actually, in those days, get... Not, go to not Puerto to, Rico? Not, not to, well, were they with us? I was just going to say, a, a different no. day and age of the press. Right. There was money in the press in those right. days. No, no they, no, no, they didn't go to San Juan because it was also a, a planning meeting. Ah, yeah. what we were they were planning? To, uh, who, who was going to get fired on the Evans forces? <laughs> I see. You had to go to Puerto Rico to do that? You could just go to some restaurant in the loop? Uh, uh. So, you know, that, I mean, that was one of the nice things about the job. I mean, the mayor and, and the, the mayor went a lot of places. We went to um, Sweden when the Bears had their exhibition okay, game. Okay, now please explain. The Bears are playing an exhibition game in Sweden. Yes, All right. Chicago So I understand the, the, yeah, the Bears, Chicago Chicago Bears, Bears, the football Chicago, team. Chicago, yeah. Yeah, okay. Chicago Bears. So? <laughs> Gotta be an so? ambassador. Right. Yeah. Hey, no, like, and we went over there because we were going to become a sister city. Ah, uh, and that required the mayor to go. He could yeah. just send a telegram. Yeah. No, you have to. You have to find out what they're doing. Plus, we went to a, a dinner there for oh, the king. Oh, and man, it's king a, with the Sweden, king, the king, oh. the queen of Sweden. There's a reason yeah, there's behind no these relationships. Places. Yeah, right. Uh, now, uh, did uh, I'm just asking this? I know it's the statute of limitation has expired. So you're talking about Eugene Service, Mayor City Sheriff. We're talking about something that happened in eighty uh, eighty eight here. Yes, so eighty eight. Exactly. Uh, so was it taxpayers' dollars that? That went to finance uh, your ticket, or did you pay for your own ticket out of your own? Uh... I, I think it was a combination. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I, because I don't know. I didn't ask if they. they oh, they of course they not. Told me to go, <laughs> I, I didn't go. Um, how are we paying for this? And I, I knew I wasn't paying for. And it. how much of the uh, taxpayers' money did you lose some in the casinos? Campaign, yeah. some, some of it was campaign money too. I think. Uh, all right, and uh, there was another. Speaking of casinos, as I recall, you were telling me the story earlier today. There was another junket that the mayor Sawyer went on. A uh, mayor Sawyer is moved on so he's not around to, to, to ask to answer these questions so you as his press secretary <laughs> exactly. are still exactly. uh, getting these questions there was another junket as i recall you were explaining to me uh to atlantic city do i have that one correct uh yes and yes. what what was the purpose of that junket uh, well it was the tyson <laughs> oh okay <laughs> tyson Spinks as fight. in mike tyson and, and leon Spinks. yeah fight uh, but yeah. We also met with Donald Trump because he was trying to pitch a tower here in Chicago. So that was obstinate. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. <laughs> we going, Monroe. Not the what, not that travesty that we have right down here. In the, well, that's later, obviously, because this was in 1988. No, but you put the seed in his in his mind already. Yeah. Now you got that monstrosity yeah. on Chicago Avenue. Uh, yeah. I mean I'll, River. Yeah, Chicago. Sure, River. I'll take the blame. Uh, yeah. Wait, so you actually I didn't you actually met Trump? Oh yeah, yeah. Talked to him. 
you know, greeting line sort of talk to him. You know, we shook hands, and that was it. I didn't have. A, so was there a private meeting between Trump and Sawyer? Yeah. And you were yes, you privy no, to that? No, 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 because it was Al, Al Johnson, the Cadillac man, oh, who it? set it up, <laughs> set it up, and, and um, <laughs> um, the, the um, boxing promoter. Uh, Don Tyson. King, yeah, Don King. And in fact, it was at King's house in New in, in New York, at, New in, Jersey, in Manhattan, or in uh, Manhattan. Manhattan. King Which, had a house. I did not know that. Okay, yeah, no. Um, um, and what was really interesting is the house had corrugated bars yeah. that that covered the entire front. I mean, it came down as so. He was locked in because he had so many enemies. And, <laughs> including most of the boxers that he was exactly, representing exactly, or ripping off all exactly. those years. Let me get this straight. It was Donald Trump, Don King, Al Johnson. I remember him. Yeah. And Eugene Sawyer. Yeah. Boy, I'd like to have been a fly on the wall for that meeting. Well, I wasn't. So I you were, they didn't invite they, you? They didn't invite you. Somehow they, they didn't want the press to know about it. So where were you doing while they were meeting? He was at the casino. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't at the casino. <laughs> I don't remember what I was doing. It was no, nothing. It was a thirty years ago. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, I, whatever I was doing, it wasn't that interesting. And so, what was the stated reason that it was important for Eugene Sawyer to go to uh, to New Jersey to see Tyson fight Spinks? No, it was to meet with Donald Trump. I see. About a possible. And there happened to be a fight there. Heavyweight <laughs> exactly. fight. There. Yeah. No, who yeah, knew it was going to run? Stuff happens. Uh, <laughs> no this sort of, Yeah. No. Illusion. This underscores my point that there's no reason any mayor has to leave the city of Chicago. I do not believe that a great public service is served by having a mayor leave the city of Chicago. I never bought the line. Like, for instance, they go to New York, they have to meet but with. That's a benny of the job. It's a, benefit a benefit of the job, yeah. 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 All right, so that's different. Did you meet any of Trump's friends by the name of Dimitri or Vladimir or <laughs> yeah. Sergei? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was no, they were just coming on the scene because at, at, at that very minute, the casino allegedly was still making money. Yeah, but I, I, so, but I do not begrudge, I said this yesterday, I do not begrudge a mayor for being a human being and wanting to travel and see the world. And I never, I never gave Rahm a hard time, Sergio. All the time he took his family on all these vacations, he it, Yeah, still but he has always took the vacations when there was some controversy, he got in trouble, and, like when he closed the schools. Yes. He Conveniently, all of a sudden decided to go on a ski trip. Very good it was memory, always, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, because the good thing, really, the good thing about being away from the city when you have all these problems mm-hmm. is, is you are bombarded by it. You, you, you really, it's like a distant thing that you are completely aware of. Yeah. And so it's a nice reprieve. Yeah. I, I, I understand all that. I just have a, a difficult time with the way we obsess over it here in the city of Chicago. Like when I've been saying this, when, when Lord life, it's on the Steve Colbert show that somehow or other that elevates us. Uh, that's how Chicagoans view the world. We're more important because our mayor, uh, was on this national talk show. Well, that is Chicago's natural second city, second syndrome. city status. You know, we're not like New York thing. You know, anytime New York makes a fuss about something that's going on in Chicago, then we go, oh, 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 it's like New York. Oh. Yeah. It's like that scene in The Simpsons years ago yeah. when uh, Montgomery Burns takes Homer to a big vacation in Chicago. And he wine and dine him and everything. And when he's leaving, there's a crowd of people. He's like, thank you for coming to Chicago. By the time you're here, we felt like we were New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, Chicago has that second city mentality. But then on the other hand, they get mad. Like, you should be here with us. And that's the other thing. That's the way I feel. I, I just think that it's not a good look. It's not a good look for for so early. Of course, the mayor's the ambassador to say. Right. But there are I telephones. Mean, there, 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 there's um, email. I mean, you don't have to physically be in a place all the time. Mm-hmm. What, 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 I'm curious. What happened with the Black Film Festival while you were in London? Yeah, who was running the Black Film yeah, Festival right. while you were in London? Well, I was doing work. Yeah. No, oh, <laughs> oh, so he can do work yeah, in yeah. London. But, but I'm not the mayor of Chicago. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, the point is you can do work unless you're, you're a policeman or something. You're supposed to be out By the way, what were you people. doing in London? I went to some <laughs> concerts and see some friends. And, 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 yeah. and by the way, yeah. I'm surprised Lori Lightfoot was here for her inaugural. She could have been someplace else. I don't know. <laughs> well, sometimes you have priorities. Yeah. She could have been in Tibet. I don't know where she was. Yeah. She could have done the inaugural from New York she could over have. a video screen. Yeah. Um, hey, can I ask Sergio a question? Go yes. ahead. Yeah. You see all these scooters around? I haven't seen them. Oh, really? I've seen pictures of them. Yeah. You, uh, I was in Bloomington, Indiana, uh-huh. last fall. Man, you get around. And they're everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you just see these scooters just lying on the street. <laughs> and I said, literally, just lying on the street. So, what's going on with all these scooters? That was this scooter ride thing. And you could, people just leave them after they're finished with them. Um, I haven't seen any yet. Well, oh, not on somebody. the south yeah. side, yeah. on the <laughs> north side, where they got bowls for the dogs outside the stores and the women with their big ca- baby carriages. Did, did I'm sure there's scooters, scooters everywhere. Do they have scooters in London? No, they don't. They don't even have Uber in London. How about that? Uh, yeah, I forgot, Sergio. It's been a while since we had the north side, south side debate yeah. uh, with uh, Sergio Mims. Not a big fan of the north side. I know he's trying to queue up. I know. Every time of that question. So I'm going to officially stop giving Lori Lightfoot a hard time, at least for the moment. As I'm heading out of town, I mean, nobody's going to begrudge me, I hope, going out of town. Can I tell you something? What? Traveling is getting harder and harder. Right, it's work. Traffic is work, right? It's it's not fun. And I'm going to say it right now, getting out of O'Hare, I mean, once you're playing, and getting out of here back home, my God, it took me over two hours just to get out of O'Hare. It's... Um, what, what is it, the, the, the security line? Securities line? It is uh, waiting in line for everything. The fact that the train, the, the uh, that train on in the airport that take you from one terminal to another, yeah. it's been shut down. I, it was shut down last year. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be up and running. It's still shut down. <laughs> it won't be operating, they say, until late this year, which means you have to take shuttle buses, which means more lines. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was exhausted. Yeah, I, you've got me uh, feeling nervous. I actually, the thing is, is that uh, I very rarely leave town. Uh, I think I have a form of agoraphobia. Isn't that the one where you're afraid to leave your house? Uh, and but I'm yeah, out in wide open spaces. Yeah, wide open spaces. But I'm going to uh, make this bold move. Uh, but before I do, we're going to do a bonus segment with you, young man. So you're okay. not allowed to go anywhere. 
uh, and uh, and. We're going to have a bonus segment coming in today. We've got three more on file. Is that correct, D? Yes, sir. So we're covered uh, for most of the days that I'm gone. I'm going to miss doing the show, but I'll be right back Tuesday uh, to do another live stream. Uh, so I uh, One quick plug. Mm-hmm. That bonus show you did with Delmarie Cobb, I thought was great. I listened to it, actually, overseas. Yes. And uh, she convinced me about a third airport. That okay. That's a, I'm glad you raised. Listen, that. listen. You should listen to listen the, to, to the that podcast. show. It's, and it's I hope really I, I wanted to sing the praise of some of these bonus things. They they sort of sometimes get lost in the shuffle. Uh, it's what I do is I sit down. You're going to experience one in mm-hmm. about a, a little while, one on one or one on two, uh, with a newsmaker or somebody from Chicago. Uh, and uh, we just we talk straight up issues, and you never know which way the conversation is going to go. And so Delmarie Cobb came in for that particular. By the way, I don't, before I go to Delmarie Cobb, uh, the Henry Davis one I did. If you haven't heard it, I really I urge listened you. to that one too. So, yeah, he is the gentleman who ran against uh, Pete Buttigieg for mayor of South Bend, and mm-hmm. I, we I haven't talked about what's going on in South Bend, but uh, similar situations with their police department and the black community of South Bend, mm-hmm. uh, as we have here in the city of Chicago. He's going to be speaking at push he's going to be speaking a push I do not know how he can speak the push without these issues being raised by somebody yeah, at push I, has got yeah, to talk about I'm this going to South Bend next week sometime all right well a it's a friend of mine is from South Bend lives in Montreal and he's going to be there so I'm going to go well it's uh, I urge everybody to check that one out uh, Henry Davis who is a councilman or what the equivalent of an alderman in uh, South Bend and ran against Buttigieg talks about the racial issues in South Bend but Delmarie Cobb came in we were going to talk politics straight up politics and we went on a tangent that was a tangent about the third airport she was absolutely correct yeah. that People, the policymakers of the city of Chicago have ignored the south suburbs and the south side for years and years and years. And this is a very uh, obvious way which they could encourage development there, yeah. I can remember when Del, Del Marie Cobb was against the third airport. Wow, well, those days have changed. Yeah, I know. Back, <laughs> back in the 90s, and Jesse Jr. was pushing it. Yeah. And she was saying, you don't use an airport as a um, jobs creator. Well, she's saying, she's different, Delmarie. I should bring Delmarie on to defend now, herself. wait a minute. Are, are you, are you inferring that her opposition was more about Jesse Jr. than the or airport? Either that or perhaps um, who she was being hired by at the time. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right, Delmarie, we're going to bring but you on I, with Monroe <laughs> some Wednesday so you can defend I yourself. I don't want to fight with Delmarie. She's, she's a, a friend. Yeah, yeah right. she's a friend and she's I, also not, quick on her feet. Too. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, uh, but uh, check out the Delmarie Cobb interview. It's very interesting. And I do believe she has an overall point as an accurate one. And that uh, is that the south suburbs and the south side of Chicago have been ignored when it comes to larger development deals. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're talking about putting a casino there, perhaps. By the way, you should hear on the subject of casinos. Yeah. She's got some powerful things so, yeah, to say yeah, about that I as well. And I say put the airport in Gary. <laughs> hey, he's from Gary, Indiana. They talked about putting it exp- I, I know, uh, I, I, putting I know. All right, that's Monroe Anderson, Sergio Mims. Thank you very much. Uh, Sergio will be back in about a half an hour for a bonus material. Leah has left uh-huh. the room. She did an outstanding job. And, of course, the man, the myth, the legend behind the board, the pride of joy in Alton, Illinois. You know what they say about him down in Alton, Sergio? They call him White Lightning. Yes, indeed, Dr. D. <laughs> Enjoy your two days off. See I thought t- they say he's still on the run. Yeah. <laughs> See you Tuesday, everybody. 
And remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites, chicago.suntimes.com forward slash Jarofsky, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Speaking of downloads, we do have some Biddy J bonus interviews available for you to download starting tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. because we're taking a break. That's right. Thursday, Friday, we will be gone, but we will be back on Tuesday. Make sure to check out those downloadable interviews and find us on social media at Benny J Show. B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show.